Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This episode of 244, Fast and Furious 6, Lab 11. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too, and this episode is brought to you by D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper was a media epithet used to refer to an unidentified man who hijacked Northwest Orient Airlines Flight 305. Shout out to the best airplane thief ever, D.B. Cooper. Well, shout out to D.B. Cooper, and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we'll be talking about Fast and Furious 6 with Ify Wadiway. But Joe, extracurricular activities. It's been like a month since our last regular episode. What have you been up to in the last month? I have a couple cool things that I've okay. been up to that I think are fun. I posted pictures about it on social media, but my dad brought his 1954 Chevy 210 to be garaged at my house. So I have the cool. car in my garage. I feel like we can officially start the podcast now. True. Okay, so we will erase the last 244 plus the Patreon episodes and start a new right now. We started new. We, 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 want, we have a cool car. That's what I'm saying. So that's been a lot of fun. I have it in the garage. We were like cleaning the upholstery on it and stuff like that. I'm stoked. It's just a fun thing to have and to play with. And it being summertime, I'm excited to drive it around all over the place. Recently, last Mm -hmm. week, I went to go see Sir Paul McCartney. I saw that, yes. In concert. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a blast. Uh, I've seen Paul McCartney before. He opened the uh, PPG Paints Arena. He was the first act. Is that that in Pittsburgh? Yeah, that ever played there, like where the Penguins play. Oh, okay. He was the first act. he, he, He was the inaugural... Opening. So that seems like a much small. I mean, it's, it's still an arena, but it seems like a much smaller arena than MetLife, right? Yeah, uh, PPG Paints is like seventeen thousand. MetLife, you know, is what like eighty. But I mean, even with the stage kind of blocked off, whatever for both of them, the factor like seventy-five, eighty percent capacity. It's much, much bigger there. Um, but he did like a couple nights at PPG Paints when he went. But either way, Rachel had never gone to see Sir Paul McCartney, so we were really excited. We went to go see Sir Paul McCartney, and um, she's going to the bat like we like cut out uh you know in the middle of it for a second to go to the bathroom because we're like okay like we're like about halfway through and she comes back from the bathroom she's like oh like i just heard the security guard say bruce springsteen is here and uh and we're like oh that's cool wonder where he's sitting he must be a big fan of paul mccartney's and we're like oh that's really interesting we had no idea but then later like about an hour later obviously bruce springsteen comes out and plays songs so he plays Glory Days and stuff with Paul McCartney, and we didn't even factor in that he was probably going to play songs like Idiots. So we got to see him play a couple songs with Paul McCartney, which I think is really awesome. And then John Bon Jovi came out because Paul McCartney's 80th birthday was Saturday. Mm-hmm. So uh, John Bon Jovi came out with a bunch of balloons that he let up into the speakers on the stage <laughs> and led everyone to sing Happy Birthday to Paul McCartney. So it was like... Weird happenstance, but it was a lot of fun, and um, I was really glad that I got to go see Paul McCartney again because this was his last show in the U.S. Okay. Uh, for this tour, but you know, being 80 years old, I don't know how many more U.S. tours he's gonna do. So uh, for sure, I was I was pretty stoked on that. I had other friends there that night, and they said that like the place obviously went nuts when Bruce came out, and yes. then when Bon Jovi came out, people were just like, "All right, what's happening?" 
I was saying to Rachel, like, and at the end, he was like, thanks to, like, everyone in my band tonight, and thanks to Bruce Springsteen coming out tonight, and anybody else I forgot about, and, like, he did, (laughs) (laughs) and so, like, we had a running joke on the way home that, like, Paul McCartney just hates Bon Jovi, and they're, like, secretly not friends, and, like, Bon Jovi just, like, showed up and, like, crashed. Did you, like, his... surprise him? Like, was it, like, do you, did it seem like, because obviously the Bruce thing to come out and do songs was planned, but, like, did it seem like the Bon Jovi thing was, you know, spontaneous? Or, like, was it something that, that Paul McCartney knew about? No, I don't know. It, like, he I don't came know if, out... I don't, know if a, I don't know if that's an easy answer or question to answer. I have yeah. no idea. He, like, came out and did it, and then, like, at the end, like, Paul McCartney knew who he was. He was like, and that was John Bon Jovi, you know? Like, and everybody was like, oh, you know? Like, just, like, he, like, confirmed it if you, like, couldn't right. see or whatever. So, like, he knew who Bon Jovi was. I Maybe Paul McCartney didn't know what was happening, but, like, it was planned for sure. Like, he didn't, like, stage right. crash, right? So that was my most recent, most memorable fun times. But I know you had a lot that went on, and I want to hear all about it because I've been not asking you about it because I yes. want to hear about it. So tell me. Well, so before I left, before I took my uh, my European vacation, I saw Top Gun Maverick, and then Mike and I did an episode that night, and we put it out, and it was great. So I don't, have you seen Top Gun Maverick or no? No, but because I feel like everyone is playing a joke on me that this is like no, man, the greatest. Great. I, I know. Like everybody I trust. Everybody and people I don't trust are saying like, no, this is like one of the greatest movies, whatever. Everybody's saying it. And I'm like, I feel like people are playing a long con on me that this movie is this good. I can't believe it. But go ahead. Well, like it, it's in my top five cruise movies. Like it's still like killing the box office. It's so good. Like it, what I said on the podcast is that it did not surprise me a single time. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and I loved every second of it. Like, there's nothing about it where I'm just okay. like, oh, I didn't think that. Like, oh, that's a surprise ending. Oh, that's a twist that I didn't see coming. Like, none of that was true, but I still loved it entirely, and I think it's great. And, you know, Cruise, until the last, like, 10 years, obviously we did uh, Cruise Club, me and Mike, other than Mission Impossible, he never really did a sequel, and he always talked about, like, how he didn't want to do a sequel to, like, a movie like Top Gun unless the story was good, and the story is great. And, like, I think it okay. works, and it's timely, and it's just the action is good, and they're all actually flying the planes, and it's just, it's super cool, man. So, I if, it, in this era where everything goes to home video, like, quickly, I think they're going to, like, keep this out there, because it's, it's already Tom Cruise's biggest movie ever, and it's killing the box office, and so I think, you know, if you're going to want to see it, like, especially with 4th of July two weeks out, like, it's not going to be in theater. It's still going to be in theaters then, you know what I mean? So yeah. That's I don't cool. know when it'll come, but yeah, it's good. It's good. So do that thing. Is it as good as Morbius or not? Well, I mean, there was something I don't remember what it was. It was it, it, it said Morbius actually finally had a win. Like it was some, on some. It might have been like Voodoo or something. It was like some platform where just like people actually paid to rent it or something. Because <laughs> like of the memes online. Well, because you know, you know that they put it that Sony put it back in theaters. So they're like, oh my god, the memes. so many people are tweeting about it. Yes, and then no one went to see it. And it's like, yeah, because nobody actually likes it. People just like <laughs> making fun of it. Did you see? So. Did you see the meme that? Did you see the meme that was like, sorry, we were, we we were busy last weekend. Do it one more time. <laughs> Well, there's that whole meme going around now that we could. It's not if, if it was a different thing, we we should do it. But like, there's that. I didn't see the original one, but there was the original ones. Like, she's a six, but blah blah blah. And then there's the whole yeah. like, she's a ten, but blah blah blah. And it's like, well, she's a ten, but she likes Morbius or something. Like, you could do something, like, <laughs> something like. There's got to be people who have done that. But was there another movie that I saw after I got back? Or no? Did I? Oh, I saw Crimes of the Futures, the new Cronenberg uh, movie. 
uh, which is really, really good, too. That's also, I think, already on the home video or whatever. So that's also cool. It's kind of weird, creepy body horror. But yes, the reason that we took three weeks off that we did the commentaries is because I was in Europe for two weeks for the yes. Primavera Music Festival. How was it? So I flew out on Memorial Day. It was great. I was exhausted the entire time, but I had a blast. So I flew out on Memorial Day, and I spent one day in Lisbon because I connected through Lisbon on Air Portugal. And so I just like a stop over there for a day. And have you been to Lisbon or Barcelona? I have been to Barcelona. Never Lisbon. Um, I've never in flown. Portugal? No, I. it's on my to-do list for sure. Um, but no, I have, I have not been to Portugal. No. Because when I was having my barbecue here and Brian, late night slumber party, Rodriguez was here. He's like, when you're in Barcelona, you have to go to this bar. It has the best gin and tonic in the world. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, do you have any other recommendations? He's like, no, but Kyle obviously has a bunch. So I messaged the Fruity Films man himself, Kyle Reinfried. And I was like, hey, I'm going to Lisbon for a day in Barcelona for like two weeks. Like, what would you recommend? And so he gave me like this whole long list of things. He's like, if you're only going to be in Lisbon for a day, go to Timeout Market. Do you know about the Timeout Markets? Have you heard of these? No, what is it? Describe it. Maybe I maybe I do know. They're all over there's like a there's they're they're all over the world, I think. He talked to either the founder or the person who runs one of them. I think there's one in New York. There's like a in in big cities. They're basically curated kind of like food courts okay. of local vendors, but they're like only good things. Like they're only things that like Top get tier. four or five stars okay. from, you know, local food reviewers or whatever. And so it's this kind of like open food court kind of thing. But, like, all just great food. And, like, they have probably, like, 50 or 60 stalls. And there's also, like, you can buy some, like, non-food stuff there, too. But it's like kind of like a beer hall and kind of just all this food. Where are some of the and other so, ones, by the way? Do you know uh, off the top of your head? Time out. Hold on. Let's see here. There is one in Lisbon, which I said. Miami, New York, Boston, Chicago, Montreal, Dubai. And they're opening one in London and Prague. So there's a bunch of I have of to them. hit the Boston one soon. That's not, Okay, go ahead. So it's like kind of like a greatest hits, like, you yeah, know, when, yeah. I, when I was in Scotland for a wedding and we went to the Edinburgh Fringe, Fest, Fringe Festival, we're like, we want to see a show. It's like, well, this is like the, the trailer show. It's where like eight different acts do like five minutes. It's like, hey, come see our whole thing. But we're like, we're only here for like four hours. So like, let's go do that. So it's like here, you can't see the whole city in a day, really. So come here and try like three or four different things. So the food there was great. The city is beautiful. The entire time I was in Europe, both Lisbon and Barcelona, it was like 75 degrees and sunny. Beautiful. And like by the end, I was just like, I kind of miss rain in a way. Cause like, it's just no. I, a little bit where I was just like, this is like, it's so nice all the time. Yeah. It never rained. It got cloudy. I think one afternoon and then cleared up. I was just like, this is crazy, man. So then the next day I flew to Barcelona and the festival there is Thursday, Friday, Saturday instead of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I went for both weekends. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Cool. Two weeks in a row. Cool. And the night before, so the day that I flew to Barcelona, Wednesday, June 1st, and then the four days in between, so Sunday the 5th through Wednesday the 8th, they had access to what they called Primavera a la Ciutat, which is just like shows in town. So they're yeah, kind of like venues. the kind of like the um when they do not Austin City Limits, but what's the other one that they do? South By. Yeah, South yeah, yeah. By, when they have all the shows in between. Yeah, okay. So it, it would be like South By if like South By happened while Austin City Limits was happening, where it's like there's an official festival, and then in between, some of the same bands and some different bands are oh, just playing in town. You know what this reminds me of? is like Miami Music Week, and then leads to Ultra. 
right? Where it's sure. like yeah. everybody's like at a club every night and they're all there the whole time and it's like they do the awards or whatever, but like it just leading up to Ultra at the end of it and then everybody plays Ultra. Yeah. Okay, right. cool. And so the way that it was working with a lot of these artists was that they would either do like one weekend and Chiutat or Chiutat and the other weekend or like because it was rare that people would play both weekends. I mean, there there were some that did. It was basically like, hey, we're in Barcelona for four days. We're going to play two shows. We're going to play the official festival. We're going to play like a club or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so it was cool. It was really cool. So I saw, I think in like the, the 10 days or 11 days of music, I think I saw like 50 artists or something. Like it was crazy. And the music That's was all incredible. Good. Like there was, I did not see a single bad band. Good. Favorite band. I mean, The Smile, so the Radiohead spinoff project, The Smile, was incredible. DJ Shadow was incredible. I was sending you guys videos of that, because yes. obviously DJ Shadow has the... He, he played the song from Tokyo Drift. And I'm a huge DJ Shadow fan. I was pushing Joey really hard to go see him. I think that he's, like, arguably the most technically best DJ alive. Incredible. Like, one of the top three, if not. So if you ever get a chance to see DJ Shadow, even if that's not your speed, he's awesome it's really really cool so glad you yeah, enjoyed just, it yeah so it was great i'm gonna i'm gonna run through the because I, I i made a list i'm like i'm never gonna remember what i did or who i saw if i don't write it down so i just like wrote down who i saw so the night before i saw rena sawayama who was great she's kind of like girl pop mashed up with new metal like it's really weird and good but like very cool and then the first day of the festival who i really loved was casey musgraves was great charlie xcx was great and then dj shadow was obviously incredible the next day, I saw Wet Leg, who was awesome. Beck was good. The National was good. I hate the National. You hate the National? Yeah, that's a band that I don't like. I've seen them live, like at a music festival too, and I was just like, "This is bad." I think they were playing before Kanye too, so like we like got to the stage. Well, that's a weird. That's a weird. Blend. It was. So what... It was the Jay Z festival, like the oh. America. What was it? Something in America, like Ma- Made in America, maybe. Maybe I forget, but like I remember we went to go see, and like the National was playing beforehand, and I was like, I do not like this music. But okay, sorry, that was just my weird tangent. No, no, no. And so what was cool about this festival that I've never seen before was that the main stages, there were like two main stages, but they were side by side. And so normally, like when I went to ACL or to Lala or to Coachella or wherever, like there's like the the headliners are always like basically on at the same time, but they're like across the park from each other. Yeah. And this, the two main stages were side by side and they weren't ever going at the same time because like it would just be chaos. So they would have a band go and then five or ten minutes in between, and then the next one goes. So there's almost no downtime, and it was incredible. That's awesome. That's really and so awesome. they themed it really well, that, like, one that was all kind of, like, 90s guitar rock, one was a lot of just, like, dancey stuff, one was, like, you know, dance and hip-hop and whatever, and so it was cool. And there's a couple other, like, stages that kind of paired off that weren't as close. Like, you could, you could literally stay where you were and not move and see both, which was great. But there were a couple others that were, like, sort of stages that were yeah. kind of sort of next to each other that you could, like, go back and forth between. But this was so cool. So I'm like, oh, there's no way that maybe we'll see all these artists. I'm like, wait a minute. They're side by side. I can just see everything. The downside, the only thing I could really complain about with the show, it was really, really crowded because I think because they had sold tickets for 2020 and obviously canceled that because of COVID. And so I think they had all those rollover tickets and then they sold more for this time. And so it just was crowded as hell. Uh, and I have nothing to compare yeah. to there, but people were just like, there's so many people here. And like it was chaos trying to move around the first day because like there were just so many people there. Um, but the only thing I could really compa- complain about, and just because it's different from American festivals is that i bought a vip ticket because not that it was like bougie but like the the two weekend pass was like 800 bucks 
Yeah. But a VIP for the two weekends was like $1,000. Like, it was wildly close yeah. in price yeah, yeah. for the two weekends. I'm just like, oh, like, why would I not do that? Even if I don't really know what it includes, it's not that much more money. I'm flying to Europe. I'm there for two and a half weeks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go all out. And so in America, in American film festival or uh, music festivals, the VIP section is like right by the stage. Right and there. So there's yeah, the yeah. whole crowd, and there's like the sort of gated off area, and that's where the VIP is, and like in front of that's like music, like the, the photographers or whatever. So I'm like, oh, that's gonna be cool. This, the VIP section was behind the crowd, so there's like you know, 150 feet or whatever where just like anybody can go. So like I could also go too because like it's just you know yeah, general yeah, admission yeah. anybody's there. But then there's a VIP section that's gated off that only VIPs can get in there. I was like, oh, like I thought I was going to be like really up front and up close, and I wasn't. And like I got close for like Casey Musgraves. Like I was on the rail for her because I got there early. I would still love this, though. See. Just if you're saying it's, you know, super packed and stuff, like. The benefit to this, like, so it was a bummer. Like I, I was bummed that like there wasn't, like there, that, the, the main stage was the only place where the VIP worked. So I thought there would okay. be a VIP at like every stage, but okay. there's only just the one. But. The benefit to this was that you could leave much more easily. Like, you don't have to fight crowds to get out, because it's basically you're, you're sort of behind the bulk of the people. Yep. And so if you're trying to get to another band or trying to leave the end of the night or whatever, you can just get out smoothly. So I was like, this is kind of worth it for that. There were, like, bathrooms and drinks and stuff that were only in there, but, like, there weren't enough. And so it wasn't, like, it probably was actually quicker to get a drink or go to the bathroom outside of VIP. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Okay. It was great. Like that was the only thing I could really complain about. The VIP was not as as cool as I wanted to. But then the third day of the festival, who I loved, I saw this band Automatic, which is this three piece girl band from LA, who was awesome. Uh, I saw Carolyn Polachek, who was great. Saw part of Gorillas, and I saw them the second weekend. But then I saw Beach House. Um, Beach who House I is love. cool. Gorillas is great. Um, and then I saw a little bit of disclosure. I'm like, I'm too tired because the other thing is, I sort of assumed that the festival hours would be sort of like 12 to 12 ish. Like that's a lot of American festivals, or like Coachella, because in the desert goes to like two. This was starting at four or five, and the main stuff ended at three. But like there were DJs playing to like six or seven. Like it was so <laughs> much later. And I was, I basically stayed on like Eastern time. Like I was getting back to my hotel at four or five in the morning, exhausted. But I was also sleeping until like noon or one so like i would still get like seven or eight hours of sleep it was just like all shifted later in the day but i'm like oh fuck like uh okay so the smile is playing at like two o'clock in the morning like i guess i'll have to figure out a way to stay up but like you just sort of do that like it was because you're on the same but that's the same time that would be like what like six or eight here right it was six hours yeah so like you know i i was messaging you like when dj shadow came out at 3 15 but it's like 9 15 here just yeah like, yeah oh. so it's not that bad yeah so but it's like late in the night for me but like what was cool is i would just like sleep in hang in my hotel room, watch TV for like two hours because I just like downloaded a bunch of stuff off like Netflix and Hulu and whatever, watch TV for a while, go have a cool meal, go to the music festival for like 10 hours, come back and do the whole thing over again. It was, it was great. Then on Sunday, I went to the Picasso Museum, which was very, very cool. Picasso or P- the Picasso Museum? Picasso Museum. Okay, go ahead. And then I got the gin and tonic from La Acolba Azul, which is where was it good? had to go. It was really good. Yeah, they had a bunch of them. And I had made friends the first weekend, and they were big drinkers, uh, which which was fun. Um, and they were, like, very big into gin and tonics just at the festival. I'm like, oh, if you want the best one, my friend says it's the best one. And they, they agreed. Like, they appreciated that it was really good. But they, like, they're like, oh, get this one. This one's going to be really good. Add this, like, you know, you could up upsell or whatever to, like, better tonic. Like, do all this. And it was, it was delicious. Like, I'm not a big, like, wow. hard liquor person, but, like, it was great. Wait, so it was like different tonics, different, I mean, like. So like, there are two tonics. There's like a regular tonic. You could like upgrade to like a nicer tonic. Oh. And then there were like 
a bunch of different gins with a bunch of different like flavors and everything. Like there were probably like eight or ten different gin and tonics that they had. And like I was just like, this I don't I don't even know where to begin. Uh, but they like pointed me in the right direction. I had two, and they were enormous. They were delicious. So awesome. shout out to them. And then I saw that night uh, an artist called Elle Devine, um, who's like this British pop star who's like probably like twenty two or something, and she was awesome. Best food Monday, best. Mm, that's what i really care about like what was like your best meal tell me what was like what was my best meal or just like even like most memorable food what were you eating that you were like oh shit this was really really good i'm looking through so i had a lot of tapas i had like a bunch of croquettes and stuff which are delicious yeah of course i went to my friend was like go to mcdonald's it's crazy it's crazy over there and like they had the fanciest mcdonald's i've ever had like that's not you know super memorable i always so matt matt would get on me about this too that like when we were in, like, Germany, I was like, oh, shit, we haven't hit a McDonald's yet. And he was like, what? Like, why are we going to go to McDonald's? I was like, dude, have you ever been to McDonald's in Europe? And he was like, no. I was like, here we go. And I took yeah. him in, and we got, like, all you know, there's just, like, wacky m- bunch of different menu options, stuff like that. I think that it's funny to hit a McDonald's for one shit meal. Yeah. When you're away, just to be like, oh, my God, like, I got the shrimp burger and, and the it was, whatever. It was right bef- yeah, it was right before I was going to the – Picasso Museum and I'm like I don't I need to figure out where to go and like I was like I want to go to McDonald's and like I literally got off the subway the metro and it was like right yep. out of McDonald's yep. I'm like well I guess this is just what I'm gonna have today and it was, it was great um, I went to this place called um, uh, Surf House Barcelona which Kyle recommended which is just kind of like it's like I could have had like eight different things like I'm not a big seafood person yes. so I don't, I, didn't, I don't know that I had seafood over there but like that's like the thing they get in Barcelona because uh, yep. it's all super fresh and yep. delicious so I didn't have a ton of that but this place had like all kinds of breakfast foods and just like all the foods that like, I, I love. And I had this, a really, really good burger and a really good beer there. The beer over there is all incredible. There was this place between my hotel and the festival that I walked to. Cause like I booked a hotel, a 15 minute walk from the venue. Okay. Cause I knew that like I was going to be exhausted. I didn't want to like wait in line for a bus or figure a public or like whatever. And so I just walked there. But like between me and there was this place called, it was an Argentinian grill. And I had mm. like banging fajitas there. And I had a steak there one day and I had something else, maybe a burger there too. And it was all just delicious. Like it was like this, uh, really good quality meat place. Cool. That was just awesome. Oh, the best meal I probably had was at this place called Restaurant Salamanca that Kyle loves and that my boss loves. Okay. Because my boss would go to Mobile World Congress over there, which is like the cell phone show that they used to have every year there. And he, they're both like, you can't not go to this place. And so I went there and I got a uh, jamon and melon. And so Ooh, just like, you know, like yeah. a honeydew or cantaloupe whatever the green one is yeah, and just honeydew. like coated in like delicious hamon and then uh, tomato bread which is kind of like sort of uh bruschetta brus- sorry bruschetta 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 yeah, yeah 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 no it's it's like that but it's like it's more it's less fresh i think but it was still delicious and i had a really great salad there and it was just like it, you know i had hamon in like three or four different places i'm just like i want like all this spiced ham like it's all yeah. delicious yeah exactly cured meats for sure empanadas i had that were awesome um I had tacos a couple times. Like, tacos are not, like, I, I sort of dumbly conflated, like, Mexican cuisine with Spanish. And, like, no. <laughs> Spanish people don't do tacos. But, like, no. I had tacos in a couple different places. But, like, tapas big over there. Yeah. Seafood big over there. Paella good over there. I had paella once. It was good. good. Very, very good. Food was good. Oh, I went to the La Sagrada Familia, the Gaudi Church. Yes. Which was it's still enormous. Being built. It's still being built. I don't know that it'll ever be finished because he worked on it for, like, 70 years. Yeah. And he died. And that was a long time ago. Like, he died in the 70s, and it's still being built, but it was incredible. It was amazing, enormous. 
I also went to, he also got into this park called like Park Gwell, where he like, again, like it's like, I don't know what the type, it's like this like kind of architecture and like just this patterning where it's like sort of mosaic tiling and stuff and just like super cool. And it was just like everything over there was beautiful. I went to the Moco Museum also, which is, they had one in Amsterdam and they had this one here. It's what like is a Moco? M- modern contemporary art. Oh, okay. Uh, and so in Amsterdam, they had a huge Banksy exhibit, which was very cool. Here they had some Banksy, but I'm just like, this is sort of whatever. But the cool thing about the Moco here, and I want to make sure I get the guy's name right, because I, I was like, I don't know this artist. I'm not, you know, I'm not very cultured when it comes to art. This guy, Guillermo Lorca. Okay. Look up this guy. Hold on. I'm going to send you a picture. This guy, so what I really love when I was in Amsterdam and, like, London, where I want to go to, like, really cool museums and stuff, is I love, like, old kind of gothic-y, like, old-timey, like, religious, like, just, but terrifying, like, depictions of hell and stuff. And this guy, like, it, he's a contemporary artist, but, like, he paints like he's from the 1800s or whatever. Yeah, this it's all, cool. like, really creepy, like, big-ass dogs and cats and, like... Just, like, these little girls that, like, are either, like, getting killed by the things or, like, they've, like, it's just this weird, crazy thing. And they have these murals there that are, like, 10 feet tall by, like, 30 feet wide. Like, they're enormous. Yeah. And they have, like, two entire rooms devoted to this guy. And I was like, this is so cool. And so I bought a book of his art to, like, that's bring cool. home. That's cool. Very cool. And, like, it was just super, super cool. I love that. Yep. But I was like, that's really cool. Because, like, the Banksy stuff was really cool in Amsterdam. I was kind of, like, let down by it there. But I found this guy. And I'm just like, this is... Awesome. Banksy stuff is funny because Banksy never wanted any of his museum and arts. I mean, like his art in museums. Sorry, he always like frowns upon them being in galleries. Well, you know about the like. You might have even told me this that his whole like, if you think you find a Banksy, you like let them know, and they sent you half of a dollar bill or something like half of a Banksy, like a, one of the the Queen dollar bills that he, he made. And then if you like, you send them the art, and like you just don't get the art back, but, like, if it was real, you get the other half of the bill, but, like, you still don't get the art back. So, like, it's this whole, like... No, I didn't know this. That's pretty cool. It's something, like... It's like that where it's just, like, he doesn't want the things... He wants it out in the world, but he wants it to go away or not be, like, you know, put in a museum or whatever. So, like, he just sends out, like, half of a bill, like, say the right half of this bill to everybody. And then if you have a full bill, it's like you actually found a real Banksy, but, like, you don't get the thing back. So, like, it's either, like, you you can keep a thing that, like, might be a Banksy or might be a stencil or whatever, or you, like have a full bill but like it's just like what like, it's bragging but it's like it's not cool to have i don't know it's yeah weird, but yeah. it's cool also great interpol gorillas dua lipa the strokes lord the smile i said lord lord, lord. Uh, megan the stallion the yeah yeah yeahs were awesome like everybody like all these like bands like i never heard of too were just super super cool like I, again i saw like 50 artists and like none were bad and i was just like this is incredible so like I would love to go back. It's wildly expensive to go there for two weeks, though. And next year, they're splitting it between Barcelona and Madrid. Oh, which I don't weird. know if they've ever done it before, but one weekend's in Barcelona, one's in Madrid. So that's cool. I don't know how that's going to work, but I don't think I can afford this kind of vacation two years in a row. But, you know, also, like, I took so much time off from work, and my boss is like, you know, I'm glad you could go. Like, you deserved it, but, like, you know, we missed you. Like, there's a, there's a lot of things you could have been helping with or whatever. So, yeah. But you didn't say that in a bad way. She's like, you know, uh, it was it was very, I was very appreciative and lucky that I got to go for so long, but I hope, awesome. all, I hope you enjoyed, you all listeners, enjoyed all of the commentaries we did, because they were fun to do. They were fun. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and then when I came back, the night that you saw Paul McCartney, I saw Phoebe Bridgers, because um, she played in Queens. So she played in Asbury the Monday before I got back, and then she played two shows in, like, Manhattan, I think, and then she played at this place called, have you been to, or do you know about Forest Hills in Queens? No, I have no idea what this is. It's like a tennis stadium, or like a tennis arena, and like the is it right next I to was, city 
I don't think so. Like, it's in, like, a neighborhood. I don't know. I, it, it might be, like, two blocks away. From, I don't know. No, no there's, there's one, like, in the same. There's there's a tennis state. Like, I think it's Arthur, Arthur Ashe. Yeah. I think it's Arthur Ashe, yeah. Yeah. I want to see your city field. Forest Hills. Uh, walking, it's, it's like, three three miles away, so it's not really super close at all. No, okay. I was just thinking of the one that's, like, in the same parking lot of city field. I was like, did you happen to wind up there? And, like, you would have definitely no. seen city field. Man, I... I took the wrong route there because, like, I it should take like it took me an hour, ten minutes to get home, and to get there because it was rush hour when I was leaving, it was going to take two hours. But I took the Lincoln Tunnel. And there was an accident there, so it took me to get from my house to Queens, New York, which again took me an hour, ten minutes to get home. It took me three and a half hours That's to get there. Fun. That's a lot. It of was fun. absolute misery. It on was that note, terrible. On that note, when we went to go see Paul McCartney. Like, because we know this, you know, we're leaving from Connecticut, and, like, if a concert starts at, like, 8 or something, mm-hmm. like, you're just destined to hit rush hour traffic. We yep. left at, like, noon, cruised in, no one there, got there, sat in the parking lot, drank beers, were, like, one of the first people's in the parking lot, got to hear the sound check from, like, our car. So, like, highly recommended doing that next time for just, like, you personally as a tip. Well, I also, like, you know, I think that just next time, I like, I just would go through Staten Island or something. Like, I would not take the fucking Lincoln to, like, it's just, it's terrible. But yes, I thought about it because, like, I, I checked at, like, 2 o'clock. And I, like, I left at, like, no, I checked at, like, 1 o'clock. No so matter I left at what three. you think, like, if you yeah. leave afternoon, like, if you get terrible. to New York around, like, three-ish, four, it's already fucked. Like, it's just way fucked, so. So I was a little bummed because, like, Phoebe had two, like, Phoebe's one of my all-time favorites, and, like, uh, she was she was great. I loved seeing her. Uh, but she had two openers. She had Muna, who is a band that has an album out this Friday as we're recording. But I've seen Muna open for Phoebe before, and I saw Muna lead a show. Uh, so I missed them, but that was fine because I've seen them twice. But she had this, like, she kept hyping this, like, secret guest I was like, I want to make sure I see this person. I don't know who it is because uh, Phoebe like kept promoting the show, kept promoting the show. She's like, this is a secret guest. You don't want to be here for this, whatever. And there were rumors that it was going to be Boy Genius. So Phoebe's part of this band called Boy Genius with Julian Baker and Lucy Takis. It's like this three-person, three-girl, three-woman band who just makes great music. And there's also a rumor. And like they don't tour anymore because they're all like solo artists now. But that like they did one show for like charity in the fall and tickets like were like nine hundred dollars. Like it was something crazy because just okay. like this is a one off and like it's for charity, it's like crazy. It's like it would have been amazing. And there's another rumor that this would be Taylor Swift. And I was like, that would be so weird and it was like unexpected yeah, cool to just see okay. Taylor Swift. And so it? I missed Muna. It was Lucy Dacus. So it was one of the boy genius people. Okay. But she was incredible. And Phoebe came out to sing a couple songs there and then Phoebe brought Lucy Dacus out. So like just like Sir Paul brought out Bruce Springsteen. Phoebe brought out Lucy Dacus, exactly. and it was great, and it was, it was wonderful. But yeah, that was awesome. Like, I had, like, I was like, all right, so I'm in Europe for two weeks to see you all music, and I came back, and, like, two days later, I saw another concert, and now I have no more live music until, like, September, when I'm seeing, like, four shows in a week. But, you know, it's all good. Yeah, that's how it works sometimes, man. And then Bob and I did some How to Win Lottery, and John and I did uh, 1999 The Podcast, so those are all keeping on, keeping on, but... We have an email address, family at cageclub.me. And Joe, we've got a handful of emails to get through now. Okay. First up from Montez, almost a month ago now. Subject line, frowny face. I don't remember if we said on the episode, but Montez was supposed to join us for the Muppets episode. And then as she'll talk about in this email, she was not able to join. So she says, dear family, I'm super bummed. I didn't get to join the episode recording last night. I missed talking to you guys and I was super hyped. Please know. Then I'm ready to join any and all episodes, laps, whatever, mainstream or otherwise, in the future. My husband literally trying to impale himself on a tree branch pending. 
Much love from Virginia, Montez. Well, you're banned forever, Montez, so I don't know what to tell you. Um, Montez was like, we were like an hour away from recording. She's like, so my husband was biking, and a tree branch went into his eye. Yeah, and she's like, I need to go to the emergency room immediately. (laughs) That's fine. Go take care of him. And he's fine. Like, it just, whatever happened, like, he got very lucky, but like, Jesus. I was just like, oh, no, because like, eye stuff is like. Bad. Ugh, I can't. I, I can't deal with eye stuff. Same. And I felt bad for her because we were super excited because she was so excited. And she, she was also watching with her son, who we know likes likes the Fast and Furious movies, and he was loving the Muppets too. And so she was super excited to join us. It was gonna be her main feed debut, and then she could not be there. But she says in parentheses, "You'll also be proud to know when my son is running around, he'll now make a tire screech noise, yell drifting, and turn sideways. I'm trying to raise him right over here." So. Yeah, you got to let them. You got to do it when you're in the shopping cart too, which I'm I'm hoping and assuming you're doing. So yeah, that's the best way to do it. Joe, we got a YouTube comment from Keith. No last name. I uh, want to guess what episode it's about. Two Lane Blacktop. Two Lane Blacktop. Keith just says, "What the heck is this?" Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Well, Keith, it's a podcast. It's in the title. It's right there in the title. It's right there, right in front of you, bud. Shout out Keith, thank you for wa- thank you for watching and listening. Do you think Keith puts stickers on gas pumps that say "I did that"? What is that? What is that a reference to? The boomers that put the Joe Biden stickers on the gas pumps because the prices are high. Oh, I did not know that, but uh, oh, yeah, probably. Really? Okay, maybe it's like a very common thing. Joe, meet a new one dollar patron. Meet Arturo Velasco. Hello, Arturo. How's that? That wow. Okay. That is not a name I recognize. I don't think that Arturo is emailed in. Do you recognize Arturo Velasco? Not at all. No. So welcome aboard, bud. Thank you for joining. If you want to join, twofast2forever.com uh, gets you to the Patreon. So just go do that thing. But thank you, Arturo, for joining yeah, us. Yes, appreciate it, bud. We have an email from... There's a long one I'm saving for just because it's a longer email. I'm just working through the other ones. Email from Jerry Robinson, subject line, we got it. Oh, is he talking about Golden State winning? I don't know. He says, what's going on, guys? Going to give you a small update. After months, more like years of looking and denials, Ileana and I finally have a home to go to just for us. Oh, cool. That's even bigger news. Very cool. He says, it's about an hour away from my job, so I'm commuting until I find something closer. She's so excited about it. She's in moving and storage mode, finding all these small things to help maximize our living space. She's been watching the the fun time uh, Netflix shows about about being uh, organized and stuff. Rachel gets into those too. And then I come home to 50 new baskets. <laughs> Do you, does she love the container store? She does love the container store, but I don't think that we have one around. So like, I think that I, so it's like, you know, banned from our place. Cause I don't know if we have one, but like, she's always finding like baskets and storage containers and shit. Like, you know, you know the way my brain works and how organized I am. And I went to the container store. I'm like, this doesn't even do it for me. Like, I don't understand the type of brain that like, I, I, I just like, I find my, my own ways to be organized or whatever. Yeah. Um, he says we move at the end of next month. So I guess that's the end of July, right before five year anniversary. That's all I have for now. I have a warrior's watch party, at the chase center. That's my supervisor oh. gave me for game three, of the NBA finals go dubs. Be fast. Never last. Get past. You lose that ass. No Monica. Well, congrats. That email, they won the ship. They did. Congrats, bud. Um, we've been cursing Steph Curry for no matter what we decided to gamble on him, all playoffs, overs, unders, threes, no threes, always wrong. 
So um, I'm glad that Golden State won. My boss is also a fan of the Golden State Warriors, so he was also very excited. Um, I don't have a basketball team, so like I never mind that Golden State wins. They're you know like an auxiliary team. Like I, I don't mind cheering for them. So I'm happy for all of you guys getting your wins. But um, Steph Curry needs to decide to get on my gambling schedule sure. and help me out a little bit. Today, we got an email from Alex Ellen in Cedric Line, 21 years. Welcome back. Happy anniversary, gentlemen. Today is the 21st mm -hmm. anniversary of the first movie's premiere. It is. It's it a quick update while you were gone. A couple weeks ago, we closed on a house. That's two houses. Two houses in two days. And within the next month, we'll hopefully be moved in. I only saw Top Gun Maverick during the semi-hiatus, but it was way better and more fun than it had any right to be. Alex. Another so Alex is in on the... For Top Gun. He's in on the he's in on the long con to convince me that Top Gun's gonna yeah. be a good movie. It would be very funny, and not I don't know if funny is the right word. If like we're all like, hey, uh, CC to everybody, but not Joe. The Let's world. all pretend that this is a great movie. The world critics, everyone, everyone I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm. That's why I was laughing about it because it's like, like you guys are obviously all aren't in on the same joke, but it still right. feels like I'm like I'm still skeptical. <laughs> like. There's no reason to be. It's no, great. I know. Uh, and the last email, the reason I just say that because it's longer, from Jason Rainey, subject line, Thief Thoughts or Tangerine Dreaming of Jagov's Meaning. Okay. Hey, Joe and Joey. What's up, Jason? Cool to hear Thief covered on the Patreon. Great heist flick. We did it for the I forgot that we did the Patreon. Yes. Great movie. Go subscribe to the Patreon. Good episode. Great Good movie. Episode, Go watch great it. movie. Listen. Yeah, for sure. A few years ago, I watched all of Michael Mann's films, and it was a hell of a way to kick off his filmography. Anyway, I had some random thoughts while listening, so I thought I'd say hi and write in. Hi. Joey, when you were reading off how long you'd own certain Criterion discs before watching them, I felt that in my soul. My eyes get too big for my stomach when it comes to buying movies, and I hate to think how long some of the ones on my shelf have gone unwatched. I've been trying to be better about watching films from my backlog, but it isn't always easy. Unlike our boy Dom, I rarely have nothing but time. <laughs> Glad to hear the pod can help you clear out some of your old titles. Yeah, that's awesome. It's also funny to me, and I think it's because of the podcast, but Jason has been, you know, he follows me on Letterboxd. I follow him on Letterboxd. But a couple times in the last couple months, he's liked a movie. He's liked a review of mine. And he's watched. So this this is the kind of bullshit that he's watching instead of quote unquote real movies. He uh -oh. watched Mr. Baseball, which, you know, we like. Great movie, the, yeah. And Brian responded that on Twitter. He's like excited that he watched that. But then Jason also watched your fucking lifetime pick, The Wives He Forgot. I'm like, why are you watching? <laughs> and Jason's review on Letterboxd was watch this after listening to a podcast he links to our show that discussed it in Lifetime movies in general. It's not good, but given all the failed but earnest comedy bits, I wonder how many Lifetime movies would be massively improved as Zucker, Abraham Zucker style romps. So I like that Jason's like, I got so many movies to watch. And Criterion so Collection DVDs. Watching The Wives He Forgot. So, you know. It's perfect. I thought that was really funny. I'm like, why are you? I'm like, okay. Like, it's cool. Like, I love that you're watching along with us. But, like, man, pick and choose your spots. Because that, that's, not, that's not one you need to watch. But we, if you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it. Right? So. Yeah. We always say on um, uh, High School Summer Party, when I would come to Lifetime Movies there, Brian's always like, you definitely don't need to watch this movie. Right. <laughs> like. I promise you everything you're going to get from it, we'll talk about right here. But I'm glad that you did watch it. And I hope that you, you know, expand your palate a little bit more. Watch some more Lifetime movies. They're really stupid and, you know, a lot of fun. So yeah. I don't think you can go yeah. wrong. 
Jason says, if you dug Tangerine Dream's score for this, I'd also recommend their score for Michael Mann's second movie, The Keep. I don't know if I'd recommend the film. I like it, but your enjoyment may depend on how much you're into flawed but strange fantasy films. But the soundtrack is more of that moody synth goodness. It's perfect for a stormy night. Mm, I like that idea. He says, I never thought about jagoff being a regional term. I've heard it used before, though looking back, not as a frequent insult. I got curious and did some internet sleuthing. Mm-hmm. Not sure if anyone else has written into y'all about this, but here's what I found. He says, apparently, the word may have had of Scottish-Irish origins, Scottish-Irish origins. Yes. A jag referring to thorns. So coming, calling someone a jagoff is like saying they're a thorn in your side or a pain in the yep. ass. yep. It's believed to have originated in the Pittsburgh area, became popular in the Chicago region among its Irish community. Sounds like Pittsburghers who moved out west probably carried the noble jagoff tradition with them, so not totally out of place in Thief's Chicago setting. Justin messaged us about this too, right? He did, and also Kate Hudson of Twilight Forever. And now of the Chicagoland area. And now of the Chicagoland area tweeted something, and she said, like, those jags. And I was like, what are you saying? And, like, I kept asking to see if she also had used the term, and she did. And um, when she did, I also did some research and I was like, this is definitely a Pittsburgh word. And I found the exact same thing, Jason. Thank you for sharing as well. It did start in Pittsburgh and migrated. But yeah, it's a very weird, specific regional term that like we always attribute to ourselves in Pittsburgh. So, And I don't remember if it was something we talked about on the show when you brought it up or if it was something in the chat with Justin but I think we were like, it's kind of like a, just like a blue collar, like a Pittsburgh thing that's so like, I think he was saying that like, he knows people who like in the HVAC line of work or whatever that like use it too. And so it just feels like. And he was like, yeah, like, he spent time in Chicago and like, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely like a, you know, just like a mild slander that has no real meanings and isn't terrible, right? Like it's better than asshole. It's not like a slur. Mm-hmm. You're just like, mm-hmm. that person's a jag off. I think that everybody should adopt it. It's a good one. And it's always, like, something you'd refer to as, like, somebody that cuts you off in traffic is definitely a jag-off. Like, that's, like, sure. always my example of, like, when I'm trying to explain it to non-English speakers. I actually bought these keychains that say jag-off motel on them okay. and like <laughs> in Pittsburgh. And I, like, put all the work keys on these so, like, people don't take the keys home with them, like, for, like, certain places and things. Sure. So I have the jag-off motel and they were like, what is this? But, yes, awesome. He says, that's all I got for now. Hope you boys are doing well. Your pocket vision boards are coming true. Ejecto Cito Cousins, Jason. Well, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for writing in, bud. Glad that you're doing well. Two houses, though. That's that's incredible. Yeah, Alex and Jerry, dude. Both of them. Same time. Wow. Did I say on the podcast? I know I told you, but did I say on the podcast that I got solar? That after my solar saga last summer, which I think I talked about, uh, solar is installed. It's not on yet. The walkthrough is next Thursday. Oh, yeah. It takes some time. That makes sense. I had my first... Um, totally solared month in like may or april april or may like i got a letter from my electric company like hey you used more electricity last month than the average home i'm like yeah not your not your concern anymore basically yeah, fuck so, off guy <laughs> i appreciate you like me. saying do this with your window air conditioning i'm like i don't really have those i have like these weird sort of big room ones so your splits i appreciate it splits, but like yeah. uh we're good yeah oh i going out of order we have a patreon page too fast, too com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, 
Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato, Di Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Mon Tez. Thank you all for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. Uh, we've got a bonus episode coming out next week. Stay tuned to the end of this episode to find out what that is. And in addition to our regular pit stop next week. So shout out to all of you. Thank you all for supporting us at TooFastToForever.com. Yeah, Seriously. We also have the store at TooFastToForever.shop. Nothing new. I'm going to still do it at some point. But, you know, it's coming. we got a new merch coming. But there's stuff over there. We got... No, you oh. have a new shirt. It's the George Pickens watching Fast and the Furious yeah. shirt that I wear all the time. I also do want to say... Two houses and a baby. Dan the Duke Hayden had a new baby. He and his wife had their oh, second that's child. Right. Yeah. And we, uh, because he's a friend of the show, but also a friend of ours, uh, we sent him a too fast, too fast for onesie that the baby is not big enough yet to wear. But as soon as that baby is big enough, you know, he and his wife both love it. He thanked us for it. So if you have a baby in your life, too fast, too far shop, get them a onesie. Any style. They're all great. Yeah, true. Very exciting news, though, Joe. Before we get to On the Streets, what? Hall of Fame voting is now open. Is it? Okay, cool. If you go to cageclub.me slash bracket, not you now because I've not set up the thing, but by the time this episode comes out to our Patreon people on Friday, cageclub.me slash bracket will bring you to the ballot initiative for this year. This is our third year of doing it. If you'll remember, year one. Do you remember who was inducted year one? Pop quiz. <sighs> Pop quiz, hot shot. It's like, it was like Dom. There are two, two, thi- two things were inducted. Dom is one. And was it like the first movie? Nope. One more guess. Dom and... Brian. Brian. Okay. Vin Diesel, Dominic Stretto, and Paul Walker, Brian O'Connor, the year one inductees. Uh, we have 25 things you can vote for. You can vote up to 10 of them in. Uh, if you get less than 10% of the votes, they fall off. If it's more than 75%, the thing gets, you get in. And so we have five different categories. I think we have like characters, we have stunts, we have jokes, we have movies, and we have cars. Yep. And so they were both in the year one casualty, the impossibility of the quiz fell off. So that's off the ballot for five years. Yeah. Last year, we had one inductee. Do you remember who got in last year? Who or what got in? No. Letty was close, but Letty did not get in. Mm, Han. Han. Sung Kang Han Solo Lu got in last year, but Whataburger versus In N Out, Fast and Furious 6, and Furious 7 all fell off. So we replaced Han, because he got in, with Tej. So Chris Ludicrous Bridges, aka Tej Parker, available for induction. And then we replaced the meme, the Whataburger, with the Fast and Furious writers listen to Too Fast, Too Forever. Yes. Yeah. And then the movies fell off, six and seven fell off, so we added there, uh, I don't remember, but we have one, three, four, five, and nine on the list. So, cageclub.me slash bracket, vote, you really only get to vote once. I guess you, there's nothing stopping you from voting more than once, but please just try to, you know, respect the system, respect the process. Cageclub.me slash bracket, we will announce the winner in about a month. We're going to do it, I picked a date, what was this? I think it's going to be on the Furious 7 episode in like four weeks. So you have a couple weeks to vote, but go there, vote. Cageclub.me slash bracket. Joe, you get to vote. I get to vote. I'm going to get and a we vote. Reveal I'm going to send winners. it to my friends. They're going to vote. I am, again, I thought they should have been in the first time. I thought they should have been in the second time. I really hope Letty and Mia both get in now. We need Are to you break to up this campaign sausage over here? party. Jesus Christ. I am, I am stumping for, I've said on the, on the last two times we reveal these, that I think it's a crime that they're not in. I can kind of get Brian and Dom being the first class in, but like, 
we need some women in there. So anything else too, but Letty, Mia, vote early. If you're going to vote for them, vote often. Letty and Mia, get them in at cageclub.me slash bracket. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. I've got a bunch of like littler things, but what do you remember? Anything of note in the last couple of weeks? We added a ton of characters. Um, that's what I remember, but mostly I wanted to tell you, because I didn't tell you this morning. Well, this doesn't fucking make any sense, but deal. <laughs> um, this morning on the Today Show, they had the director of Heat. Michael Mann? Maybe, yeah, it might. It was. I think it was Michael Mann. Now that I think about it, but he has a new interview up with um Harry from the Today Show about Heat, about having De Niro and Pacino on the screen for the first time. De Niro and Pacino are in it. They showed a clip it of the interview, so I mean to watch that. And they were like, "Did you know that they didn't really practice the line at the cafe, like the the whole scene in the cafe, because they wanted it to feel more authentic." De Niro and Pacino are getting really old, and they like totally forgot what was happening in some parts of the movies or the movies they've been in. So that was fun to see. Uh, but I'm planning to watch it. I think it's on what like CBS.com. If that's what show the Today Show is on, if that's what channel the Today I Show. I honestly have no idea. What's I know, me neither. Today's show is no NBC. It's on Peacock. Okay, so on the the Peacock website or whatever there's the full interview and i'm gonna give it a watch because i think it sounds interesting but that was the most adjacent fast and furious news i've had recently how about you well we have uh pictures of jason statham on set which we knew was going to happen because he showed up at the end of nine in the credits and so obviously he's going to be in 10 in some regard uh john cena instagrammed the picture of the necklace which is exciting because he's going to be back because we didn't we didn't know like you know what was going to happen with jacob but he's back uh and with with that in mind dope d on Twitter, said to us, what does y'all take on the cast for Fast X, given how big it already is, and now that Jason Statham's confirmed, John Cena mostly, most likely back, and there's still a possibility of people coming back like Kurt Russell, Helen Mirren, and more. And you said we'll definitely address this in the next episode. Great question. So, Joe, what do you think about having all of these people in the movie? You know what? Like, um, we, we had talked last time, and we're like, we kind of need to, like, trim trim the fat type situation um, and cut back on some characters, but you know what? Recently, I've come around. I'm thinking, just fucking send it. Just I want everyone in this movie. I want everyone in this movie for one second. Just down the line, put everybody in it. They can all be auxiliary characters, and I'll deal. That's it. I'll be stoked to see each and every one of them when I'm in the theater. I can't pretend like I won't be. So, like, yeah, fucking put everybody in the movie. I know that we complain a lot about. Too many characters, yeah. not enough screen time, yeah. blah, 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 blah. The way that I thought about it, after Dope D tweeted at us, I was like, the movies aren't getting shorter. Yeah. Like, there's not going to be, it's not like, oh, Fast 10, a brisk 95 minutes. It's like, no, the movie's going to be three hours long. Like, that's just what it's going to yep. be, right? So, Exactly. Like, yeah, that's my point. If the movie's going to be longer, for good reasons or not, who knows? Uh, yeah, just keep adding people. Who gives a shit? As long as it's good, <laughs> as long as it makes sense. I would love to see more of the people that we love in nine do more things, but like the people that we added, it all made sense, right? Like I would let, I would love to have more Cypher doing things, whatever, but Jacob works. The flashbacks worked. Cardi worked. Everything worked. So just, I trust him to a certain extent, right? Just make it longer, make it bigger. Keep adding people. Who gives a shit? Yeah, that's what, that's exactly In the words what I'm of saying. you, send it. Send it. I don't give a fuck. Like, let's do it. The other 
thing, not really Fast and Furious related, but sort of, is that Paul Walker and Ludacris are both getting stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, yeah, that's right. And like the same day, too. Yeah, so the, it's it's an honor, of course. I think you have to be invited. But it's also like, you did you know that you have to pay to have that happen? No. You pay like 60 grand? No, I had no idea. So like Bob Odenkirk just got one, but like he didn't pay for it. Like AMC paid for it in, you know, as promotion for Better Call Saul, basically. Um, but yeah, it's not like, oh, you, you know, we love you. It's such an honor. Here's a star. It's just like, we love you. It's such an honor. Give us like 60 grand. I didn't know that you had, so like for what, like the installation of it? I don't think it costs 60 grand. I think it's just like a, a dues thing. Who knows? I don't know where the money goes. All I know is it costs tens of thousands of dollars to get one. So I don't know if they're like Paul being passed. I don't think they're asking his family. Maybe Universal's paying for both. I don't know. It's good promotion for the Fastiverse if they have like Dom there or whatever, right? The bin there. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's definitely an honor, but it's also like, hey, you know, pay us. Yeah, definitely. I that's that's really weird. That's it kind of makes sense, but like isn't there some guy like I would imagine it's more like a there's a there's a board of directors and like you have to make a donation and then you get your star. But, like, you don't pay for it, but you make a donation to the board of directors. I don't know. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but congratulations to both of them, to Paul and Paul's family, and the Ludacris for getting stars. Yeah, you know, too if we, fast. Too fast and furious characters in one, one run. I like it. When we do our inevitable tour of Southern Los Angeles, Southern California, for the Fast and Furious, you know, Hollywood stops, you know, going to 1327, so on and so forth, we're going to have to find those stars, take pictures of those stars. More to do in SoCal. Yeah. Uh, Joe, with all that news, with all these people in, in, in Fast X, is Dwayne Johnson in that movie? No. The first time we said this in like three or four months, we can't even do our normal transition. There's no more Young Rock. Young Rock is done for the season. No, yeah, that's right. I was like, did you th- feel like you were missing something, like in terms yes. of like homework? Mm-hmm. Did you? Did I'm I'm sure that you knew that I knew that I felt like that for sure. I thought so. Behind the scenes. Uh, Joe, like we have, a, I got a document like where it's like what we're talking about when we're recording, what to watch, what, blah, 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 blah. And then still like every once in a while you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot a sponsor. And so I thought you were going to forget a sponsor tonight, but you remember the sponsor. You got a great sponsor. Thank you. Um, and by forgot a sponsor, I mean like you just didn't check the email of all the, the checks that were getting cashed from all these, you know, D.B. Cooper mailing yeah. us money to, to promote himself on the show. But yeah, no, I was just like, oh, yeah, I thought that there's no TV. Okay. Just the minute and just the, the movie. That's it. Yeah. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. It was it was very breezy. It definitely was. Well, speaking of the other homework to do, the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 64, Minute I Called a Roman Line. That was a damn rat, man. Hmm. Boys, enjoy the show. 15 minutes, and then every cop in Florida is going to be on you. Be at Versailles Cafe, 6 a.m., day after tomorrow, ready to drive. You understand? Yeah. Don't play games with me, or you'll be next. All right? Help yourself to a little champagne. Let's go. That was the day I'm rat, man. You ever touch another man again, and I'll kill you. You hear me? Look at me. You hear me? She was into it, man. What's that about? 
And you've seen the way. In this minute, Carter talks to Roman and Brian about what comes next, where to meet, and what to look out for. He gloats about the quote unquote show he just put on and threatens them to act right. Carter and Monica head into the hallway. He kisses her, then threatens her. Brian drives himself and Roman back to Tesh's garage. Roman has questions for Brian as the minute ends. And we I feel like we've been complaining about this goddamn Pearl scene for months now. We have. We're finally gone, but it's almost another entire minute spent in the Pearl with nothing really happening. Yes, but we're out. We're out. We, we drove out we're of out. it. We we're, get, we're getting out. Uh, so I was feeling very reassured. We get to Tesh's garage. The only thing that I noticed there is that there's a mailbox right outside the front door. And Brian parks right in front of it. So, like, you know, obviously he's not going to stay there, but, like, he does live there temporarily. So, like, he's making uh, postal carriers work very difficult in the morning, having to walk around that car. But what did you notice? Anything of note in this minute? Um, We got the back of Tej's NSX. So I got the license plate on that. We had that. Was that in a previous minute? We do we, we saw that car already, right? We but saw the, the car. Okay. That's the back of it. Um, And the license plate is new. And the other thing was, there's candles in the hallway. That's it. Lots of candles. Because pretty much, this is just faces, and then them driving and pulling up to Tej's garage again, which we've already seen the front of, so not very much in this minute, other than the dialogue, in my opinion. Which is unfortunate, but, you know. It happens. It is what it is. Yeah. There's a song playing in the background in the club. It sounds like a Sean Paul song, that kind of music. He has a song on the soundtrack, Deport Them, which was already in the movie. It could be back again. I don't know. It's only in one scene. It's too faint to be picked up by Shazam. I can't really even hear the words because it's like harder, like menacingly threatening Monica over it. I can't tell what it is, but it sounds like a Sean Paul song. That's the only thing I picked up on in this minute. But the trivia question, I have two different ones. One is easier. I like one. And one is harder. I like one a lot. So the first one, the easier one I have is who drives Brian and Roman back to Tesh's garage from the Pearl? Question answers Brian or Roman. The answer is Brian. The more difficult one. I like have this the right one. answer. You like this one. Where does Carter tell Brian and Roman to meet him for the job? The answer he says is the Versailles Cafe. So Joe, if we're going to go with that one, we're going to go the harder question. I need three wrong answers. The Pearl Cafe, the Waterloo Cafe, and give me like another like French war, like oh. Napoleon battle type. The Napoleon Cafe. The Napoleon Cafe. No, Cafe Napoleon. Oh. Like is that is that it? Because it's different than the rest. And Pearl, we were just Napoleon. at the Pearl, so we just heard the Pearl. Yep. So yeah, it's tough. That's a tough question. I will probably get that wrong. I think so too. Minute sixty-four. That was a damn rat, man. Where does Carter tell Brian and Roman to meet him for the job? The answer is the Versailles Cafe, because he says, "Be at Versailles Cafe six a.m. day after tomorrow, ready to drive." You understand? Yeah. Brian says, "Yeah, cool." <laughs> Very cool. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for the enthusiasm. Any other things, any other notes, any other thoughts about this minute of movie? Uh, no, I'm glad to get out of there. And, like, Carter is, like, very – this is, like, so threatening to Monica. Like, I don't – it feels – it feels even worse when you're watching it as a clip in this minute than it does normally when you're watching it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. It feels like way too aggressive and threatening. I don't like it. So I don't like it either. Yeah. But we're out of there. And Carter's gone for a while at least. Yeah. So that's nice. And we're not going back to the Pearl. Nope. We have another half an hour or so of the movie to go. Yep. So the next six months we're still doing this movie. But. That's fine. We're out of the Pearl, which is good. Yep. All right, Joe, let's take a break. And let's come back with Iffy to talk about Fast and Furious 6. Yeah. 
Fast 2 Forever. This is episode number 244, Fast and Furious 6, Furious 6. This episode is brought to you by D.B. Cooper, the notorious plane thief. So shout out to D.B. Cooper. Well, shout out to D.B. Cooper, and welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. With us now, actor, writer, comedian, and importantly for the history of this show, sort of in a, in a sense, uh, the final piece of the puzzle. Joe, we have completed the collected the complete set nice as we've been talking about last over the last couple of months we had we've now had all four people from their two or three part fast and furious extravaganza on maximum film we have iffy wadiway hello iffy hey how's it going and look now that you've had all four you get to snap away one movie you don't like uh from cinema history oh we get like a, a partial thanos yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only a movie, and everyone will forget the movie exists, and we'll never talk about it ever again. I yeah, what to, movie I've, are you snapping away? La La Land instantly. Oh, no. Uh, yep, you don't know it exists anymore. Done. Bond. Boom. Mm, I gotta think uh, about La La that. Land has, is, a, is a very important piece for me, because we with La La Land, we get that great moment in black history where they thought they won, uh, and it almost almost the, the hubris of it all, where they're like, oh, snap. <laughs> Of course, of course, we won because you know we're 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 that movie, and then they're like, "Psych!" Actually, we chose this movie that no one, like everyone liked, but no one expected to win. You know, I love Moonlight. I was a huge fan. Oh yeah, and I'm sorry that you're right. Taking away the moment of them thinking that they won and then letting Moonlight win almost makes me reconsider. But I thought you were going in a different direction where you thought that, you know, uh, black culture had this history of jazz, but it's like, no, Ryan Gosling sings it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Different, different ways, same end result uh, of erasure, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. No one, no one was even thinking about jazz until Ryan Gosling started to toot and sing. Chicken oh. on a stick, man. That's all you got. You got Sebs. It's great. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, but Ify, thank you for joining us. We're very excited to have you here to talk about Fast and Furious 6. Ooh, yes, indeed. Furious 6. So now I know that you guys talked about all these movies, or a lot of the movies at least, on your show, but what's your history of the franchise? Have you been uh, an OG ride or die from the beginning, or did you come on later? Like, what is, what is your track record with the Fast and Furious films? Oh, man, I was part of the Fast family before there was a Fast family, Ooh. if that makes any sense. Sure. Originally, when Fast and Furious came out, it was just the icing on the cake to a very, like, tuner-heavy period for millennials, especially if you grew up in L.A. You know, you had hot import nights. I was the guy. I never went to hot import nights. I wanted to go, but I every copy of Super Street import tuner I was picking up, I was saving initial D cards from the machine to do it. I was all in on Need for Speed. Like, I wanted to be a street racer so bad, and... Just did not have the car to do it. Uh, I even like went and made like these uh, drift bat like uh, team stickers for it was called Streamline Drift uh, for my friends in high school. Uh, none of us even had a car, so we put them in our folders. So I was so so when Fast and Furious came out, it was the movie for me, and it was a big deal in the like street racing tuner community. It was like, oh, this is a movie for us. And it blew up. And Too Fast, Too Furious, I liked because I was always a huge um, Ludacris fan. Mm -hmm. So seeing him come into the franchise and Ja Rule fumble the biggest bag of his life mm -hmm. next to Fire, uh, the, the Fire Fest. <laughs> yep. Um, 
I think you probably know, a bigger, I mean, financially, probably a bigger fumble here. Because I think he was offered like, or he wanted like $50 million. And like, no, we're not going to do that. But like, he would have made, if he had stuck around, he would have made probably $100 million in these movies. Probably. Oh, 100%. Because it was one of those, it was one of those things, right? Where there's always the story of like, oh man, I wish I can go back in time and tell my tell my dad to like invest in Starbucks and you're like yeah and in the hindsight is 2020 but if you think about back when Starbucks probably went public like a coffee shop you know <laughs> like like people were like oh people like coffee that much people are going to want coffee that much because you know the coffee culture wasn't really there at the start of Starbucks Starbucks in a way almost created it at least on a you know national scale so i think it's the same thing with um with the Fast and Furious, you know, you had the Fast and Furious, and at the time, these were these street racer crime movies, or as Drea likes to put it, uh, uh, point break with cars, mm-hmm, you know. Yep. So so you you really didn't think it had much leeway. For all Ja Rule knew, this was just going to be the next movie, and it's done. So get get it, get it good now, and if not, move on. It turns into much later when you think about it. You know that was a that was a call Luda and company probably weren't expecting when Justin Lin you know takes over and revamps the series and it turns into this superhero movie. Yeah, and that's something that you know we we obviously talk about a lot with Justin Lin's influence, and it's just it's such a bummer that he's not going to be around for ten. Like I feel like this time where we're supposed to be like as a community, as a family, as you said, celebrating the kind of the wrap up, the wind down, whatever of this franchise. To be like, oh, I guess, you know, things aren't great on set. It's kind of a bummer because he did take it to a whole different, new, kind of exciting place. Oh, 100%. It's because, you know, one of my favorite things to say or mention at all times is it's the Ouroboros of, uh, of, of this whole series, right? Like, it really exploded and born from itself when, you know, Vin decided to use this as a pun intended vehicle Mm -hmm. for his own career. And, you know, and he he kind of like him him coming back after uh, Tokyo Drift, you know, was this deal that had to be made where he got to put a little more fingers in it. And now we're at the point where we're at the height, some would even say the peak of these films where like everyone's in on the bit. We know that each movie is supposed to go bigger and better. So, and this is essentially going to be the last one. So why wouldn't he just do too much? Right. (laughs) Like, like, like the ego that created this series is also going to be the downfall of it. And, you know, we were right. We were, we were purposely about to jump the shark to the end of the series, but I think that might be what in turn hurts it irreparably. Are you looking forward to, or are you wor- are you more worried or excited for these next two, fi- like, quote-unquote, I mean, I don't think they're going to stop, but, like, in terms of the Fast Saga, whatever they're calling it, because uh, the name seems to change a lot, but I think the Fast Saga, are you more worried or excited about these final two sort of main installments? It, to, to be honest, at this point, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see what we end up with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. Know, you know, because at the end of the day, it is there's a formula here i was and and i felt this way you know we just did um jurassic world dominion on max film and watching that film i was like oh there's a formula they they had they seem to have follow at this point in the series which is you know 
rich person uh, wants to use dinosaur DNA stuff for their own gain, but in turn will destroy the planet. Uh, but money is more important than having a planet to this person. Uh, the, some, some, some bad situation happens that frees all the dinosaurs and now the heroes must escape the island and the rich person tries to escape on their own only to be cornered and eaten by dinosaurs. Like, exactly. like those are like yeah. some of those moving parts that have to be present and all of that. And I think we're kind of at that point with fast and furious where it's like, okay, what is a thing that needs to be done only with cars for some reason? Who are the guys? <laughs> Uh, what are the stakes and uh, what is the like big trailer centerpiece thing that's going to be done with a vehicle that blow, you know, that blows our mind. Like they got a tank. Uh, the last time was a fighter jet catching a car with a magnet. So it's, so I feel like th- with those blueprints in hand, we'll get a eight at best movie and like an eight fast and furious is still a fast and furious. movie. Yes. <laughs> And I think that's a great transition into uh, the rankings, if you're able to rank these movies, because whenever a new movie comes out, Joe and I do an intro, like a preview episode, just sort of get excited, get hyped, and sort of make our guesses as to what's going to happen. And we did this for Hobbs and Shaw, we did this for F9. And one of the toughest questions, I think, and Joe, maybe maybe you don't feel the same way, is like, where, like, what's best case scenario in terms of rankings? Like, do you think, like, Joe and I both have Fast Five as our favorite. Like, could this be, if all goes well? And the answer is usually no. Like, we think that, like, it could be good. Like, we're excited and we're optimistic. But, like, I think the franchise's best days are behind it. So I would like to hear your rankings if you have them. And then also... With these last two, you don't have to like necessarily put a specific place for them, but like, what do you think best case scenario in terms of your favorites would be? Oh man, Um, so to go for my my ranking, you know, and you can stop me when I've said enough. uh, You know, I will always have a soft spot for the original Fast and Furious, so that will forever be my number one. Okay, okay, my number two will be a fast five sure. uh, because that brought new life to the series. It, it, it revitalized it. My number three is an extremely controversial pick of too fast, too furious. Wow. Okay. Uh, and, and I, and I'm willing to say that's major nostalgia. You know, it was major nostalgia. I needed that fast and furious. Uh, I think I want to say like uh, seven, you know, okay. is, is where it gets very interesting to me. Like, to me, that's also a, a very tentpole moment in the series, uh, mostly because that is, you know, uh, the one where we, you know, last see our, our, our good friend, sure. Paul Walker, uh, and it's his send off series. And it was like pretty well done, even though you can kind of see where things get squeaky when they had to kind of make, you know, the adjustments. Yeah. Uh, after that, I'd say, um, you know, this is a very new development for a long time. I refuse to watch Tokyo drift. I, and it was something Why? I, hel- I, well, it was it was that version of Iffy that I was talking about earlier with the that made the the stickers mm-hmm. that made the that wanted to be a street racer so bad. For some reason, I took it as and this was like my senior year of high school too. So this is right in the heat of it. I took it as an the movie as an affront to the drifting scene. I, I I I I thought it disrespected the art of drifting. I thought that it you know. It, 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 but this is before it was a thing, but it memed the, 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 the very existence of the beautiful art form of, of, of drifting. 
I have since gone back, and while it's not great, I look back and realize that that iffy would have loved this movie. I would have still <laughs> cringed at the American car being used uh, at the end because yeah. I strictly was like, I was strictly like, oh, you have to use a Japanese, you know, rear wheel drive car to drift. Um, so I'll give it that position. After that, I'm going to say Fast and Furious because that one was kind of a surprise hit, you know, because I feel like we thought Fast and Furious was done. You know, there, yep. it was this three-year gap. You know, we we thought it was over, and then it comes back, and this is where it kind of starts back in and really focus on those heist routes before Fast Five really kind of, like, gives you the, the completed dish. I think uh, after that, I'd probably go um, Fate, of, uh, Fate of the Furious, uh, Fast and Furious 6, and then uh, Fast 9. Wow. Okay. So that's the new one is the last one. Yeah. The new one was, albeit a fun watch because I went to see it with friends and we were very annoying because we we're all in on it. We, we love the series. <laughs> we love the cheese. We're riding, uh, but it still was like it, not necessarily the best. Now you did not rank, and it's okay because it's it's a it's a real split down the middle. But you did not rank Hobbs and Shaw. Is that one that you you do not consider that a Fast and Furious movie, or is that just one that yeah. you skipped over? Or what's your thinking? Yeah, what's your I, thoughts when, on that? When, I, when I want to rank the movies, I just go with mainline sure. because I feel like the side ones. Um, I'm I'm the same way too. Like when I see people do their like Star Wars ranking and they add Solo and stuff, I'm like, no, nah, you're messing it up. That's a the, the main rank the main lines and then the other stuff. But if I were to rank it in the general it'd be within top five territory okay. i actually really enjoyed it i, I think it's so much I, fun yeah the the sauce that is you know the rocks shtick is a sauce that i enjoy eating <laughs> yeah. uh, it is a sauce that i'm happy also i'm like just an idris elba super fan anyway mm-hmm. so getting that sauce and like an actor who i genuinely love to see in whatever they do no matter how ridiculous it just made it a movie that was a fun watch, even though it is like, and and it and it really kind of ups the ante of like how much of a superhero movie this series has become. Sure. Now, and this is a difficult question. We don't usually ask everyone. It's what I said before, and I think it just sort of naturally evolves into that. But with ten and eleven, or ten one and ten two, or Fast X and Furious X, or who who knows what they're going to call it, what do you think best case scenario? Being a Fast and Furious super fan. Being sort of an optimist about movies, I get the sense. Where do you think these last two could rank? Like, if all goes well and they're able to pull off exactly the movie that you wanted them to do, could it surpass the first one? Could it be like in your top five? Like, what do you think is the upper limit of these last two movies for you? Here's the thing: if if you know if Justin Lin's was able to just do what he does best and just pull out all the stops and in this series with a bang. Oh, I definitely see the potential of, of this being number one, but letting, you know, Vin take the wheel, you know, which, you know, love him, you know, I Mm -hmm. only hope the best for him, but he just really has a way of trying to make, you know, Dom just this super badass guy that just doesn't fit with 
his commitment to looking like a super badass guy, you know, like you have, you know, Jason Statham in the rock, uh, uh, in Hobbs and Shaw. And, um, you, you see how ripped these dudes are because they're like, well, we're action stars. This is what they do. And I, that's not to say that, you know, you had, you had to like, you know, I was all about, you know, Chow Yun fat back in the day. Um, but like, you know, I'd say the, the modern era, you know, uh, uh badass action guy, is a shredded guy. Um, no, instead, uh, Vin is the type who will go into the men's magazine and be like, you know, uh, you know, Dom's a guy who likes to have a few beers every now and then. So, you know, I can't get too shredded. I'm like, what? What? And that is a very real quote uh, that he that he has said uh, as to explain the fitness difference uh, between him and, uh, and The Rock. That's precisely my training method, too. You know, like, I don't think that Joe is a guy that could be too shredded because he likes to have a few beers every once in a while, so. So you're, like, you're talking about in third person, like, you're Edwin from the first movie. Joe is a guy who likes some Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I was saying the character of Joe, not, sure. not yeah, the yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, like, this is an interesting point in the movie where we're at today with Fast and Furious 6 where, like, it seems like, okay, The Rock's back for a second movie. We don't have to see them here yet, but, like, we're becoming superheroes, and Vin is bulking up in a way to make Dom on screen sort of seem, body-wise, you're never going to be as big as The Rock, just because he's insane, but he's tr- he's trying this thing where he's, like, bulking up and bulking up and bulking up, and then it, what we noted on here was that for Nine, where there's no Hobbs, there's no Shaw, he kind of looks more like a human, so I think you're, you're onto something there, Ify, where it's like... He's not really going for superhero. He's just going to like try to keep up with the guys who are superheroes. And then when they're not around, it's just like, well, you know, I'm just a guy. I'm just a dad. I'm a family man. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite character? Before we talk about the movie, do you have a favorite character in this franchise? Ooh, this is very good and very hard for me. Uh, but uh, if I had to choose, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it's either going to be someone like The Rock, or it's it's going to be it's going to have to be Rome Roman. Even though people are so over Tyrese and his shitty jokes, seeing him try so hard <laughs> to be this comic relief in the series is I love just it. fun for me. I still love it, and I think that in nine. Like uh, Joey was really down on him for a while, but in nine, I think he came back around. around. Yeah, he came back around a little bit. Like it's endearing, you know. Like he's yeah, he's trying so hard. It's just like yeah, I get it. Roman's the character that I have like the most issues with, but also find the most joy in. And like I just, I I don't know. And I I wonder if you know because I I think that he and Paul Walker in real life, that Tyrese and Paul Walker were such good friends that like you know maybe it hit him harder. I don't know, but Yeah. yeah, I have. I love Roman, but I also have issues with Roman, so who knows? I think Tyrese is a little yeah. bit of an idiot in general <laughs> with the whole, like, blowing up Dr. Dre's spot. Like, he has a long history of oh, yeah. just, like, running oh, his, here's, here's, running his here's, mouth. Here's, here's, yeah, Tyrese, and I, I like him as the, the person outside of the movies. Yeah, yeah. I get so much joy following his antics. I like that he has too many terminators in his home he has uh <laughs> last i counted three life-size terminators in his home when he was going through the whole hubbub with the custody thing he did a earnest post in which he was holding bumblebee's hand and said i want to thank bumblebee for getting me through <laughs> getting me through this <laughs> And I was like, this man is a cart, uh, a living cartoon character. And you know what? Power to you. Yeah, you <laughs> Power to you, man. Did you see 
uh, he listed his house in L.A. a couple months ago oh, on for yeah. sale. And there yes. were all these pictures of his life-size bumblebee in the backyard and also his Benihana that he calls Gibsy Hana in the backyard. Like, mm-hmm. he is, he's a child. He's a child in a man's body with and it's awesome. way too much disposable income. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, let me see. I, I'm going to check years active. But, like, Tyrese has been making money for a long yeah. time. And so, you know, it's it's almost like what I like to call the athlete effect where, you know, he like he, like he when you have and he he comes from Watts, he's a, he's a, he's a hometown hero like me, you know. Uh, <laughs> um and so like he he like gets this money and he's just kind of on this roll and he is someone especially I think coming from music into acting is the like personality killer in my in my in, in my uh in my opinion because i feel like when you are a musical act you're like the 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 difference in fame between like a musical act like like i i would imagine if we if we put them both in a room uh both timothy chalamet and harry styles like they they they're close enough in fame but the type of fame and the type of things that people will do to see Harry versus to see like Timothy Chalamet Fair. are way different. Yeah, like it, it is like a different. I was, and it's so funny that we're talking about this because this is something I was thinking about a while ago. Because someone on Twitter told this story about how he was a big Drake fan and he wanted to go uh, meet Drake because his friend's brother was one of those guys who seemed like they're just friends with all the famous people. And then his brother was like, "Hey, I can get you in because you're my." brother but if your friend wants to come you have to bring five women and so they had to like they went through their phones and like searched for five women transported them to this party and he said he gets there and there's just like a sea of women hoping to get in the shuttle to go up to this house to meet drake and i was like that is a very specific type of fame that is not the same (laughs) as acting fame and the thing about that specific kind of fame is the same thing almost in an athlete where like you're not being regulated in the same way whereas like actors you you like i feel like they are humble like you know i i'm someone who acts i can i can tell you um you know unless you are this you know out of acting school sensation like uh you know mr chalamet you know you go through this like cycle of like you're you you if you're doing commercial auditions, it's like this cattle hall that you're treated like shit. You kind of eat and shit for a while, right? You eat shit for so, and you're treated like shit. And then you book something, and you and you're treated like the king of the world as you go through hair and makeup, and you, and everyone's at your like feet, and and you feel like king for a day. And then the next day you go back to auditions and you're treated like shit. So there's like this roller coaster, yeah. That like if you are going through the usual grind, you get humbled enough to kind of have a personality. Like every famous actor that I've met, and I don't, and I, I'm not trying to like seem like I'm flexing. I'm just this is a statement I am saying. Like you know, when I worked on a show like um, At Midnight, that's like you get to meet a whole bunch of like actors, right? Yeah, yeah. And great show. You and all of them are just like amazing. Great, great people. Really sweet. And then the only times I'll have, I've had bad experience are people who have been famous since they've been kids. 
So, so mm. I say this is a long, long, long roundabout way that we are talking about Fast Six, but I'm going deep into Tyrese to say that Tyrese comes from this fame that you you just are treated like a king, and then he comes into acting, and he's kind of already at the top of his career, and he's treated like this king. So he doesn't have the 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 humility part he's just a guy who's like i'm used to be so he's just at diva mode from the start of the race it makes sense yeah that would it just like like you were saying like athletes you see it all the time too like these kids have been famous for being an athlete from so young that like there's no other way their life existed so you just don't have this perspective at all exactly yeah the way that we're starting every episode every movie discussion this lap is we're doing heist movies in between. This is our heist lap, you son of a bitch, I'm in, to steal a phrase from Rick and Morty. Each movie that we talk about, we are each picking a character. I did not tell you this in advance, so you have time to think about it. Uh, Joe and I can go first. But we're picking someone, if we're trying to assemble the ultimate heist team, and this is kind of a heist movie, they do kind of steal the thing that they that you know Shaw had. It's not as much of a heist, I don't think, as Fast Five, but it's in the ballpark. Yeah. But if you were building a heist team, Iffy, and you had to pick someone from this movie. It doesn't have to be a family member. It could be part of, you know, Shaw's crew. Who would you pick from this movie? Is there a particular, like, sort of, we're not going to, like, have a, a real debate here because we tried that. didn't work. We just yelled at each other for half an hour. Went round around circles. But if you had to pick someone, if you had to sell that choice as someone like, this is the, the right pick for the heist team, who are you picking who is the most competent member? Who is the someone who can bring something to the heist that, you know, no one else can? Who do you want? Who do you trust the most? Who do you who do you think has your back the most in a heist from this movie? Oh, that's a no-brainer. It's going to be Tej. Okay. Tej is the only one who has like the real hacking smarts, you know, it's like, and I'm talking of course we get some more hackers later in the series. Mm-hmm. Um and while you know you do have, you know, uh the other characters like um Giselle, you know, Giselle is, you know, good with weapons and can sneak around. But when I'm yeah, when picking them, I feel like between it's either between Giselle Hobbs or Tej mm-hmm. because they're the ones who like have actual heist things that don't revolve around you know cars like Roman is supposed to be the like you know char- charismatic motor my- mouth but like the bit is that he's not good at it and usually through someone hating him you know you know yeah. um you know that's that's the, it, it ends up getting the the point across anyway but yeah no I I'm all about you know you know the because Tej is the person who's going to like probably get you able to do a a heist without any trouble. Like if they really sat down and worked with Tej, you wouldn't even need cars. But you know, without cars, we don't have a movie. Yep. So very fair. Yeah, we talked about that for Fast Five. That it's funny that Roman is basically brought into that. I mean, everybody's coming back because everybody's coming back for Five. But like Roman is brought into that team because he can sweet talk anybody. And the one job he has to do in that movie is, you know, get that box into the police station, and he completely botches it, right? So, like, I like that he is brought in, like, he has a, set, a certain set of skills that, like you're saying, he just can't actually execute. Like, it's just, he's just not good at things. Oh, yeah. It, but, you know, that's that's the comedic part of the comedic element. Of course. But I think that's why it, it's very interesting because you can kind of see where things did would start getting shaky between Vin and one Dwayne uh, because you, Dwayne is just a 
powerhouse when it comes to the thing because he has the badass level Mm -hmm. but then he's also like very funny so not only is he and so i could see why tyree sided with vin and all of this because not only does he kind of overshadows vin but he also overshadows tyrese even though i do Ah. like their fun back and forth especially in this um in this one like that like i was thinking i like that uh does uh, why do i smell baby oil line because it's It's so good it's so ridiculous but it's so like it's it's a good one i also think that you know in the too fast of it all this is really the only time that i can think of that comes to mind where Hobbs and Tej everything together where they go and get the cars. It just feels yes. like this movie mm-hmm. is pairing people up in interesting ways and especially pairing people up with Hobbs in a way that like kind of helps them shine to a certain extent. Yes. So, yeah. Joe, who are you picking? What's your heist pick? Um, I think there's a lot of good picks in this one again as we get further along, but um, this time uh, because I don't have them yet... And I don't think I'm kind of using the same logic of when I took Brian that like I don't think that they get any better. I think I have to take Dom in this one because I think he pretty much has superpowers at this point. Okay. <laughs> so um, the jump, Fair. the jumping across the bridge, the walking out of a burning plane, like he seems pretty indestructible. Hobbs is like we need a set a set of people. So like who does he call? He calls Dom, who calls everyone, and they're instantly yep. just like we're in. So I think that I have to take. Dom in this one. Although I think that there's like other great characters that have like individual good skill sets. Like I like Tej, I like Giselle. I just was like, okay, Dom with superpowers, you pretty much can't beat that. So when I was thinking about this movie, obviously I love every family member that is called in this movie. And I feel yeah. like all lap long, we're like, is this the Giselle we want? Because there's gonna be Giselle in six. Is this the Han we want? Is this the Dom we want? Because like yes. we know that bigger and better things are coming. And as I'm watching this movie, I'm, like, basically only watching it for the heist selection. And I'm trying to come up with, like, pros and cons of, like, who's the best, what's new, what has not been done. And I really, and this might sound blasphemous, I really kind of can't, I I don't think any family member does a ton in this movie to sort of warrant selection. Like, they're all good. That's that's fair. I think they're all, like... As we talk about, the, the, the character base is getting so broad and so wide, and everyone has to share the screen and like overlapping it's not, skills. Yes. It's not like a super short movie, but like it's compared to later movies, it's shorter at like two hours and ten minutes. And there's so many characters in to shine, it's just like, well, and then they're introducing an entire it's not just like one villain, it's an entire crew of villains, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that there's anybody here from the family that I would choose. So with that in mind. I also said I was thinking Gina Carano. And, I was thinking so And I okay. was like, but fuck Gina Carano. But. I think Riley is great. I do think fuck Gina Carano. Yes. Uh, but I do think that her ability to get truly like inside and undercover in a way is great, yeah. Has not been seen before or since. Like the fact that she's so embedded with Hobbes, who is the greatest detective in the room. Yes. Like yeah. he is the Hercule Poirot of this franchise. And the fact that she is able to get in good with him. So much so that, like, no one, not even the audience, believes that she's a villain. Yes. Is a talent and a is skill that your to pick? have. She was one of the two, but I also agree okay, fucking Carano. <laughs> yeah, that's what I so, thought, too. Okay, <laughs> good. There we go. Who I'm instead picking, and I don't know that this is necessarily needed for a heist, but I think it can't hurt to have. I'm going with Joe Taslin's jaw because I feel like he is ah. the ultimate fighter in any of these movies in terms okay. of hand-to-hand combat. Like, he effortlessly 
beats down Roman and Han. And not that they're, you know, our strongest. It's not like they're Earth's strongest heroes. But as we talked about, by this point, they're all kind of superheroes. And so the fact that he's able to take down two of these guys kind of effortlessly in the subway is like, yeah, he's great. So I'm going with Joe Taslam's jaw, uh, which is kind of an under... I don't know what job he does. Maybe he's just like enforcer or distraction or just like a Ronda Rousey. Who knows what, right? But yeah, like parkour, something. Yeah. I'm going with jaw because, like you said, fuck Gina Carano. <laughs> All right, Iffy, the floor is yours. This is the 11th time that we're talking about this movie. Actually, we talked about it with Nate, too. So this is actually the 12th time we're covering this movie. So we've talked about a lot of different angles. But what about this movie? This is sort of lower on your list. So things you love, things you hate, things that keep it from being higher on your list. Where do you want to start? What do you want to talk about with Fast and Furious 6? Oh, man. Uh, Fast and Furious 6 is is good because you do have some good action pieces in it. We, you know, I, I think the reason it kind of holds a special place is kind of what you said. This is this is the point that we knew this movie was going to start taking a step into this supernatural. Yeah. When we see this man, you know, drive into a center divider to fly across a bridge yep. and catch the the woman of his dreams, you know, like that's when we knew <laughs> that's when we knew, okay, this, this whole series just got, got lit. And, you know, uh, while it's fucked Gina Carano, this is before we knew she was a piece of shit. Yep. You know, the, they really stepped it up. You know, you got Joe, uh, who you spoke of from the raid and you got Gina Carano. So you, like, like I said, the action was up there to me. What keeps it from being so high is, while they revolutionize uh, some things by stepping it up by, like you said, having a, a a rival crew, like that was very interesting. But I think, you know, the stakes just weren't as exciting. And, you know, the, the, the like the, the moments, you know, the, that was, you know, that was, that, that were great. were kind of like the time it took for them to drive down that runway could have been separated into so many other action pieces, uh, I, I think it's less about this movie and more about the fact that like the other movies surrounding it just have moments that are just way more exciting with more to do. And, uh, and also I think another reason we start to get really messy as the series goes on and why fast five got the benefit of introducing these new characters, uh, this new character as, you know, like Hobbs putting him in and making him like collide with you know the 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 original family this is where like we start to get the balancing act of such a hefty amount of people in (laughs) in in the cast Mm -hmm. and 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 we're 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 doing this whole balancing act uh, especially and we're doing the weird retcons because you know we're only like two, three movies away from a brother appearing that we've never heard or seen before. Yeah. And, you know, like, like, I think that's where it just starts to get messy as they're just adding more ingredients to the soup. And this is just one of those uh, pieces, but I will say, you know, um, the Owen Shaw, you know, uh, held it down. It was very exciting, but yeah, uh, as a whole, uh, not, not as yeah, not, not I, I guess that's that's my one hangout. I think you, I just like the other movies more. Do you think that based on what we were just saying with like this is pretty much where we discover like everybody has superpowers? Do you think that is playing into the idea that the stakes are, feel so much lower because you're like at no point in this movie do I think they're gonna lose, right? Yeah. 
Is that is that like part of the the what like the hang up is? Well, yeah, because I also feel like you know the the movie like the big reason they're being called up is because they they're a crew that is also fast. But like at this point, we know they're the fastest and most furious crew around. So we know when they when they meet this crew, they're going to be better. And uh, and it just you know to to me, it's just not packing the same punch as 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 you know five did five really i think was the freshest take on hobbs because it was his newest take and then by seven he settles in in a way that you know is exciting but six i feel like is the growing pains of now that we're in another movie with these folks where does he fit in among the family what do you think of this movie's decision i feel like this is the first time it kind of happens into expanding the mythology and connecting movies in a way like obviously they bring characters back in five five is kind of like the avengers where it's like okay characters from the first movie and the second movie and the four whatever like they're all coming together for this one job but this is the first one where they're like we're gonna bring back stasiak for a cameo and not only that but like shaw is working with braga and it's like remember that guy from a couple movies ago well he's back now and then we know down the line that shaw and braga both worked for cypher and so it's like creating this connected universe that i feel like is maybe you know a result of the mcu of it all but do you like them expanding and sort of creating that connective tissue or is it just like i'd rather have things like i guess is the mcuification of the fastiverse something you appreciate and you like the connectivity or would you rather have things be more standalone sort of like how they used to be as opposed to now how they every movie is just like you got to see them all now oh no i love the connective tissue i mean that's this that starts to be my favorite thing is when we start having people kind of come in and come out but it is funny seeing them try and manage this balancing act like you know we've set this whole thing up we're now you know uh uh we're we're gonna unfortunately have you know uh dom's new bay just replaced by letty now that she's back and so this is when she's going to be put on ice in the next movie when their kid also for some reason appears too <laughs> yeah. um so 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 this is where things really start to to get messy because they are kind of weaving in new things while having to kind of find the connective thread into old stuff so yeah now the fun i like the connective tissue it's something that like is exciting when done right, but I also feel like I, I kind of feel bad for people who are like going to see Fate of the Furious and being like, "Wait, who's this woman in the cage?" Like, I don't. Who is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like I, I, I think there is, and I think to a certain extent, all these movies, especially like F Nine, like I, I do think that F Nine works largely if it's your first Fast and Furious movie. But now because the MCU is this like ongoing narrative of like thirty individual movies and like. You know, Kevin Feige's like, hey, if you just wait a handful more movies, you're going to know where we're going. We're going to have the next 20 things planned out, right? Like, yeah, everybody following in this multi-billion dollar franchise's footsteps. And I think it's cool when done right, but I also just kind of feel bad that, like, people, there's so much mythology. And, like, unless you're like us where you've either been in from the beginning or have a podcast about it or whatever and watch the movies over and over again, like... I don't watch other movies a lot. So, like, when I go to see, like, a, a Bond, like, a new Bond movie, I'm like, wait, who's that? Do, yeah. do I know the history there? So, like, it's tough. Well, you, the way I do it for a lot of people is, like, like if you're kind of trying to jump on the fast train now, start at Fast Five, which back when I started saying it, it wasn't too much of a endeavor. 
But now it's just uh, the same. Fast Five is now about to be the middle where it's the same. <laughs> it would have been the same distance back when, like, this was something I was saying around seven and fate, you know, um, like I was like, oh, you could just start at Fast Five and that way you only got a few mu- movies to watch. But now if you're coming in at 10 and I'm like, you can start at Fast Five, that's still five movies you're going <laughs> to have to barrel through. And, like, Five was the first one that I've seen. I've, I've talked about this a lot. And, like, I was just like, oh, this is a franchise that I didn't think it was for me because I'm not really a car guy. But I came in at Five. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And like, I, I went back and watched the other ones. But I do think, like, you're right. Like, you could just sort of start with Five because Four is, like, a reboot. And Five is like, hey, you know, we're, we're kind of rebooting in a way again. Like, you don't have to see Four. So, yeah, I think I think you're spot on with that. I mean, but it is interesting because, like, as I'm bound, flipping between the different, you know, Fast and Furious movies and realizing why they're going as long as they have. I mean, they have like just been making money. Like, you mm-hmm. know, Fate of the Furious made, you know, 1.2 billion. Furious 7 oh, made yeah. 1.5 billion. Uh, you know, if we're talking points, Ja Rule really did fumble the bag <laughs> to an instant degree and is smacking himself. But like I said, and we'll give him credit for, Back in Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, there was no way you thought you were going to make it. I mean, that movie made uh, $236 million. Yep. And, and, and Fast and and Fast and Furious before that didn't make, you know, that much either. So, to like, you know, to know, you know, that he was going to do that, it's just, you know, such a wild ride. Do you think, looking ahead, because like you said, you know, these movies make crazy amount of money. They're not going to stop them anytime soon. But looking at the ones that they have announced, 10 and, you know, again, either 11 or 10 part two or whatever. Do you think Hobbs will come back? Is The Rock going to come back? Because we thought for a while it was wrestling oh, showmanship. Man. That was just like, oh, no, like this is like going to be like they're just building it up. But now it kind of feels like there's actual bad blood there. But I don't see a future. I don't see a way the franchise ends without Hobbs coming back, but it also feels like that might not actually happen. So what do you think, if you're laying odds in Vegas, what do you think is Hobbs coming back to one of these movies? Look, if this was before Justin Lin walked away from his own movie because Vin Diesel was being difficult, I would say maybe. You know, that was my that was my yeah. that was my theory of the big like tin reveal that we were gonna get mm-hmm. was that at some point Hobbs was going to pull up and we were going to lose our shit because Hobbs was there. But there, I don't see if I, if, if I was Dwayne and I don't like Vin, there's no way I'm going to let that man direct me. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's even you know? worse. Yeah. I mean, I get that. He's like, I, I don't think he's going to be the director, like the actual director, but like, yeah. you're right. But he's, 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 he's pretty pulling much the strings, right? Yeah, he's exactly. The yeah. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to get get to teach him how to act again like he did when, when he did what 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 did he like when he oh, retold yeah. the oh, Rocky taught him how to act yeah yeah jesus and calling him like little brother and stuff right like yeah. it's just oh, it's, yeah. yeah it's over it's definitely over so if he's not in and obviously they, they keep bringing like you know John Cena back and they, Jason you know, he just, Momoa Momoa now here and uh Ratcatcher from uh, Suicide Squad and like other people are all like they're they're adding more and more people. Is there someone who has not been in the movies before that you would like to see in the Fastiverse? Like, is there one actor, you know, either like a superstar or just like a cool person who would fit? Like, is there someone that you would that you would lose your mind? Like when when 
when this movie, when I saw this movie in theaters, when I saw Six in theaters, and they go to the credit scene, and Statham pops out of the car, I literally stood up in the theater and put my arms over my head in victory. Like, I cannot believe that they got, the, you know, the perfect fit. So, like, I lost my mind there. But is there someone like that for you that if they, like, sort of secret surprise drop them in at the end of 10 or, you know, in the beginning of 11 or whatever, who do you want to see in this franchise? Who is a perfect fit? Who would you lose your mind over if they join the Fast family? Mm, that's a good question. Because there's a lot of good answers. Yeah, because I, I feel like, you know, I've already showed my love to Idris, and that would be tight. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like, I feel like you know, we, we might be seeing that. He's already kind of in a movie, so it feels, you know, cheap to even mention that. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I think I think it'd be fun to see, uh, and I'm sure there's a fanfic out this out there somewhere, where we get Ryan Gosling, if not playing oh, his character for Drive, but very much doing the thing where actors are playing that, and you're like, you, y'all really wanted him his character from this other movie, but y'all legally couldn't do it, so this is just a <laughs> a, a very like thin like representation. <laughs> Well, what do you think in that regard? What do you think of in Hobbs and Shaw where they're in the garage and Statham as Shaw points to the Mini Cooper? He's like, oh, yeah, that's for a job I did in Italy. It's like, so is this, is he handsome, Rob, from Italian job? Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Like, does, that, does that work for you? Or, you like, or, or is it like... Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with it. Yeah, that works. If if we do that, you know, I if he's if if there's like a scorpion jacket that he has hung up, he goes, I don't, I don't wear that. No, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I don't wear those anymore. Oh man, you know what? You know what? Also, would work very nicely is that like you know Han is there in the garage and he's sad because Giselle's not around still. And instead of eating, you know, Gosling comes up and just gives him a toothpick because his character's got a toothpick through all of Drive. Just like, hey, you know, use one of these. I've been using these for a while. It's just like, oh, my God, it's the guy from The Thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm, now that you're saying this and I've been watching, like, a ton of F1, I'm surprised there hasn't been an F1 driver cameo that, like, Dom beats in a race. Has So I, I know that F1 Ooh. is huge now, but, like, was F1 – I feel like even in the last year it got a lot bigger. So, like, it was big, In America. But, yeah. like, internationally huge. But I'm saying, like, even if it was, you know, any type of, like, race car driver, like a NASCAR driver, anyone. There's no better time than now than to have him have have Lewis Hamilton show up. Because sure. I think that is the most famous driver right now. Just be and, – and I, and I stand Lewis, too, so. Right? Can you imagine it if, like – you know, there's a race, and he's like, ha, ha, like, and Dom clearly beats a guy, and then, like, Lewis Hamilton gets out of the car, and he's like, I knew I wouldn't win, or so, you know, like, he'd be like, come on, man, like, that's the coolest shit ever. Here's, here's my, here's, here's my, my Lewis Hamilton cameo for Fast and Furious, is, you know, it's the end of the movie, and Tej, and, um, and, 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 and Rome are in the car, and, and, they they won they got a bunch of money from the heist or so whatever uh and and you know you know rome is trying to like you know put the um like put his rings on he has these gaudy rings and Ted says like how you expect to drive with all that jewelry yeah and then <laughs> lewis hamilton pulls up he's like Zzz, and he was like 
I'm doing just fine. <laughs> and, then, and then they, then there was like, you ready? And then they race. Uh, because if you didn't know, that's the big drama around Lewis Hamilton is because F1, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, seems to find ways to be racist in unnecessary ways and try to like <laughs> ban Lewis Hamilton from wearing jewelry. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> which is so weird. Like it's the most weird because like, I'm like, that is your fan base, uh, is all these men who buy these watches and stuff like oh, that, yeah. you know, like, so, so that's, that's my thing. They, they say a line about jewelry and then Lewis Hamilton, uh, pulls up, uh, dripped out and goes, yeah, I think you're right. And then they, <laughs> <laughs> and then they race. I, I Googled cause I felt like the 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 f1 fit is so natural that it, like i was like are we all forgetting something like has there been a driver and i don't think there has been no. but if you'll remember in september i think when was this yeah september of last year vin went to the f1 italian grand prix that's right and I do he was remember wearing this. a fast and furious shirt that said toretto and o'connor and he put an instagram <laughs> up that said the race big things coming hashtag fx hashtag italy Lead with love, Toretto, fast saga. So, like, he's tweeting about the franchise from an F1 race. He obviously likes it enough to be there, to spend his time there. So, like, it could happen. Yeah, it can. I mean, it's always, uh, it's, it's always funny because, like, I feel like there is a world in which you can have a fast universe that is amazing and, and thriving and they just fumble it every time. Like the fast and furious video game sucked so much ass. <laughs> and that, and that's truly a layup, you know, like, like you, like literally you can almost reskin need for speed and do well. And somehow they s- still fucked it up. Yeah. I mean, they did do a uh, Forza motorsport, like, I think it was either Horizon or I don't remember. They did like a, I think it was a free download of Fast and Furious Forza or something a couple of years ago. But that was like a mini, like you could do everything in like two hours. So I don't know. Yeah, it does feel like, you know, we, we covered the game on here when it came out. And, you know, we like the story of it, but the actual mechanics, it just does feel like, you know, there are a lot of good racers out there. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, any of your thoughts? Anything else about Fast and Furious 6 that you want to share? Favorite moments, least favorite moments, things we have not covered that you want to share your thoughts on? Uh, you know, I, I think it's just the, the famed, you know, ru- longest runway. Like that was fun, but it was like an interesting action sequence. Right. Uh, but it just, <laughs> the math wasn't math thing on that, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it was too much too long, but, uh, I really did like the race on the freeway. I, I, as much as I make fun of it, I do love Dominic Toretto smashing into the car to fly it's across beautiful. and grab it. I'm like, that is the, that is the fast physics that I, that I expect and want in all the movies. It doesn't have to make sense to all movies. It just makes sense within the universe of these movies. Exactly. Oh, yeah. 100%. Joe, do you have any other thoughts about Fast and Furious 6? No, I, it was interesting watching it from the perspective like we were talking about of like who your thief uh, heist squad character is. And it's also been a while since we watched a Fast and the Furious movie, so it was pretty joyful to watch it this time. Yes, I felt really good. So The only thing that I picked up this time that I'd never seen before or heard before, I guess, and I'm sure I heard it, but I don't know if I thought go about ahead. it. But Can I say it before you do? Oh, no, go ahead. You're going to say something different. I was going to say this is, this is the time that I noticed that Tyrese gets the fuck in this movie. Oh, no, I've, I've, I've heard that. That's one where it's, yeah, yeah. I, even, I knew it was coming. Yeah. Because uh, if we always get, you know, 
we're, we're always, can, you know, that's one of the things we also guess. It's like, who's going to get the one fuck in the movie? Because the PG-13, you get one of them. And Tyrese yeah. doesn't, it gets it on this one, you know. If a woman says no or whatever, it gives you that look, back the fuck off. But yeah, what I picked up on this time is when they get to the base or the, the headquarters or whatever, and they have all of the DSS money and they have all the toys and all the tech and whatever. Yeah. Tej laughs. He talks about like how, you know, this they hit the jackpot. This is all good. And he talks about it's not like that trash in Rio. And I'm like, dude, you just use that trash in Rio to score over a hundred million dollars. Like, show yes. it a little bit of love. Like, maybe yeah. it's not as nice as this, but like, it's not trash. Like, you, you did the biggest heist you've ever done. Show it a little bit of love. So I was just like, come on, respect. Dance, yeah. dance with the one that brought you. Exactly. But it, it is it, it is so f- like also like other things that just was like, oh, this is interesting that we're trying to shuffle along. But like when. Uh, when you have Hobbs show up to Vin's, you know, secret villa, mm-hmm. and 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 he's like, "Oh, you're gonna beg me, you're gonna <laughs> yeah. beg me to do this cast," you know, and 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 we had to have the line to explain why this is allowed, which is hers. Like, if that was my husband, I would. So I, I don't think so. I'd be like, "Yeah, nah, we built something here, but you know, are you sure that it's her?" Well, you, you know, sure? like, it's also at the end of the movie where she's like, oh, well, Letty's back. I got to go. It's like, do you, yeah. do you really love him or are you just like, yeah. you know, and, you know, he just, she, all she says to Letty is just like, keep him out of trouble, right? And Letty's like, that's not going to happen. She's like, I know. And then she just leaves. But apparently she's pregnant because, you know, obviously baby Brian comes later. But it's just like, I don't know. That's a whole, it's a weird dynamic. Yeah, also, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, you didn't think to be like, hey, I'm pregnant. You know, well, let's <laughs> figure this out. Let's figure out some co-parenting. I don't know. All right. Iffy, are you ready to find out which Fast and Furious character you are? Yeah, of course. So we created a personality quiz, sort of like a J14 BuzzFeed style quiz. We had found one years ago that was fine, but we didn't really like it. So we made our own. So there are seven questions. They're just personality based. all opinion, whatever it describes or reflects you best. Six answers per question. I will read them off to you. Pick whichever one applies to you. Explain yourself or don't. We'll find out which of the 25 characters you are. Are you ready? All right. Let's do it. I'm ready. Question number one, Iffy. How fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? How fast are you? We'll say the Lamborghini. Lamborghini. Question number two, you know it's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one set that one time. Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBriar? Mm, I'm going to say Christian Bell on that one set that one time because it takes me a while to bubble up. You're going to have to catch me in the moment. But when you blow, you blow. Yes. When I blow, I blow. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that, but you know. (laughs) You said it how it needed to be said. It it felt right in the moment. And and then as soon as I was was saying the words, I was like, oh, no, this is wrong. (laughs) All right. Question number three, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill? Are you saying grace? Are you kicking back with a beer? Are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment or are you sneaking a snack? Oh, I'm manning the grill for sure. Cool. Question number four, you've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or doing some work on your computer? Oh, I'm definitely working out. Okay. Describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. 
I don't remember. I'm going to say everyone I know is there. I heard the I don't remember line finally in this one. Like the actual, like, I don't remember. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's powerful, man. I know, powerful like line. the delivery and everything. I love it. Question number six. You just won the lottery. Congratulations. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane. I'm gambling it all away. My child at home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? I'm going to say a new life. I'm going to get like a nice drippy life. Okay. You know? Yeah. You have eight characters within a couple points of each other. So this last question will really, truly decide it all. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or just, you know, Joe's getting a drink at the bar. Give me one of whatever you're having. Ooh, I think I'm going to go with the Belgian ale. I think you're going to be excited about this based on your love for him earlier. If you are Brixton, you are Idris Elba as Brixton. Oh, look at that. Let's go. Yes, I love it. If you you are ruthless, but that isn't a bad thing. Life is a struggle, and anyone who wants to make the most of it must be willing to make some tough choices to become the best version of themselves. You are constantly striving to do that, and it's your dream to see everyone else reach their potential too, even if people don't always know what's best for them. You're fiercely loyal to your beliefs and to the people who share them, and you believe that disloyalty is an unforgivable offense. Some might see you as too hard-lined, but that's because most people are too weak in their resolve. It's not your job to think at their level. They should rise to yours. And you drive like Like the the wind wind blows. Does that sound like you? Kind of? A little bit? Yeah, that sounds exactly like me. Cool. Yeah. Well, you are Brixton, so congratulations, Mr. Brixton. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm glad that's me, because it is me. We have one more game to play. It's called This Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, Do We Have a Podcast for You. So this is where we go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. And we find any tweet from someone we don't know, and we respond to them from the Too Fast Too Forever account, saying, boy, do we have a podcast for you, and linking them to the show. So if he... If you've not found one yet, take a little time on Twitter. Find a tweet of someone just, you know, tweeting about the movies, about the actors, about cars. think, Idris, whatever you want, bud. The goal is their scoring system is that if they respond, if they reply, if they like, if they retweet, whatever, there's points. It is so wildly difficult that if they don't, don't take offense, but find the tweet. But I'm going to review last episode, which we did like a month ago. ago. Yeah. With Grant Rinder, we talked about Fast Five. So I'm going to open these tweets. And he did two. He did one for charity. But Joe, first up, I found Dan Hernandez at Cuban Missile DH. Okay. Who quote tweeted the F9 trailer saying, if I were Dom and my old friends wanted to visit, I'd be like, I love you guys. But whenever you come over, we end up going on a world-spanning heist adventure that is both fast and furious. So let's just set a weekly Zoom instead. And we said, can you really picture Dom using Zoom? We can't. (laughs) Boy, do we have a podcast for you and nothing, nothing, nothing. Joe, you found Carrie at Simply Charisma, just a boy in his car, heart emoji, for Christmas this year. We gave Dom, Dominic Toretto's car, and we finally got it out of the box and took it for a drive, and parentheses, and yes, we named Dominic after the legend Dom from from the movie Fast and Furious, since John and I are big fans, and a picture of her son playing with a car. And we said a couple that names their child after hashtag family is hashtag family to us. Boy, do a podcast for you and little Dom, parentheses, eventually. And Joe Carey liked 
and retweeted. So you get three points. Thank you, sir. Perfect. You are up wow. to 67 points. You are Beautiful. re-expanding your lead up for me. I'm at still at 45 and a half. All right. Well, the, the tweet I found uh, is from uh, J.D. Thorne Film, who says, The Fast and the Furious premiered on this day in 2001 which means it is now officially of drinking age. Salute, me familiar. Oh. Hashtag Fast 21st at Fast Family. Hashtag Fast and Furious. Oh. All right, so if you were going to respond to this, how would you like to customize this tweet? Or we could just say, boy, podcast you, but is there, a, is there a message that you want to send to J.D. Thorne? You know, thanks for starting the celebration. The next Corona's on us. Ooh. Boy, do we have a podcast I for love you. It. That's thanks good. Thanks for starting That's the good. The next Corona's on us. Joe, what did you find? You want to find your? You want to read your tweet? Yes, I do. Mine is from Ellie Rose at Ellie Rose A Guest. Um, always have and always will be the biggest fan of Fast and Furious. Shrug emoji and okay emoji. I would like to tell Ellie, you may be in contention, but we have some bones to pick with you boy it'll be a podcast for you or something along those lines like playfully like we are also giant fans type situation wait why do you want what what bones we have to pick with her that she says she's the biggest fan of fast and furious that we are also giant fans like something like we are also okay. giant fans i'm say you may be in touch we're gonna have to be with us exclamation point there you go perfect podcast for you. yes okay well, i also do want to say that grant found got one point last time too which is very exciting so grant has one point he's on the board cool i found Danielle at Danielle Lou Camp on Twitter. This is from last year. It really amuses me that the only person in the Fast and Furious franchise who has stayed dead is Gina Carano. <laughs> and then she replies and says, Oh, wait, Gal, too. I'm going to say, She was on the wrong team, bitch. Voice podcast for you. <laughs> nice. Amazing. Very, very Amazing. good response. I really liked it. But Ify, thank you so much for joining us. This yeah, was a thank pleasure you. to have you. Thank oh, you for joining anytime. us to talk about these fast films. Yeah, no, anytime I'll come back, I'll do another one. I love these films. Uh, we had, so, you know, we had Drea on. We even had Mary Jo on. And we were like, hey, Alonzo, we would love to have you on. And Alonzo's like, I'm done with those movies. But he came on for a Christmas <laughs> movie. It was wonderful. But he's just like, I don't want to talk about these. So we love to have someone. I mean, Alonzo was awesome. We loved Alonzo. But to have someone to complete the set, as we were saying, but also for you to love these films so much, it was, it was a true pleasure. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah of course. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Where can our listeners find you? What are you up to? What do you want to share with our listeners? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, uh, Maximum Film, if you want to hear, you know, a few of the folks you've heard before talk about movies together, if you waddy way on Twitter and Instagram to see what I'm up to and what I'm doing, because I'm usually doing too much. Cool. Very, very cool. Well, Joe, next week, we've got two episodes. We've got a bonus episode. We're doing a Patreon bonus episode of Ooh, The Hot fun. Rock from the 1970s, which I've not seen, but I've heard really good things about is. the hot rock. No. And then a movie I think you've seen, I think you really like, we're doing our next regular bonus, our regular episode pit stop for everyone is 2017's Logan Lucky, the Steven Soderbergh movie, oh, Logan Lucky yeah. with our boy Channing Tatum in the lead. So I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. I don't think so. Oh, I've seen it two, three or four times. It's great. I love wow. it. I love it okay, so much. Cool. Good. So very, very exciting. Yeah. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at Too Fast, Too Forever.com and our store at Too Fast, Too Forever.shop. And come back next week 
for the Hot Rock bonus episode, and then Logan Lucky. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Iffy Wadiway, and we will tell you all about it when we see you again. Ooh.